This meeting is now called to order. Will the clerk please uh, call the roll to establish a quorum? Yes, thank you, Chair. Commissioner Boone? Present. Thank you. Commissioner Flores? Present. Thank you. Commissioner Ford? Present. Thank you. Commissioner Gallardo Good will be absent tonight. Commissioner Herman? Present. Thank you. Commissioner Kangas will also be absent tonight. Commissioner King will also be absent tonight. Commissioner Liu? Present. Thank you. Commissioner Mar sorry. Commissioner McCarchek? Present. Thank you. Commissioner Robbins? Present. Thank you. Vice Chair Gaines? Present. Thank you. And Chair Vasquez? Present. Thank you. We have a quorum. Thank you so much. I'd like to remind the members of the public and chambers that if you would like to speak on an agenda item, please turn in a speaker slip when the item begins. For members of the public who wish to join virtually, please refer to the agenda for the Zoom link. Once you have joined the meeting and wish to speak, raise your hand to provide public comment when the chair confirms the public comment speaking period for your desired item. If you're online, click raise hand on the bottom of your screen. If you're in the mobile app, you can raise your hand by tapping the raise hand option in the more tab. And if you're on the telephone, to raise your hand, you dial star nine, and then to mute or unmute, dial star six. Speakers will be called on by the last four digits of their phone number. You'll have two minutes to speak once you're called on. And after this first speaker, you will no longer uh, accept slips and the raise hand feature will be disabled. So if you would wish to speak, please do raise your hand before the first speaker begins. I will now proceed with today's agenda. Um, what we're going to do now is our land acknowledgement and our pledge of allegiance. So if you would please all join me and rise. Thank you. Our opening acknowledgments in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisenan people, the Southern Maidu, Valley, Plains, and Miwok, Patwin Wintun peoples, and the people of the Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe, may we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing together today to gather in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contributions, and lives. Thank you. Please remain standing for the, please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. Ready? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. You may be seated. Before we get started tonight, I have some very exciting news, which is we have a brand new at-large commissioner, and that is Commissioner Boone. Commissioner Boone, would you like to say a few words about yourself? Welcome. Thank you, Chair. I just want to say I'm thank you for I'm excited for the opportunity to be here. Um, I'm thankful to serve with all of you, and I look forward to working with you. Um, and I'm most excited, most excited to work with volunteers across our city. Uh, commissioners, can we do a quick round and introduce yourself and tell us what district that you are appointed in? Um, I am I am Sam McCarchick. I am the youth commissioner, so that's just kind of a broad in any youth in the city of Sacramento. Janine Gaines, representing District 8, South Sac. Whoop. Good evening, everybody. My name is Joe Flores, District 7. 
Jackie Beecham, Director of Youth Parks and Community Enrichment. Victoria Vasquez, I'm the Chair of the Commission and I'm appointed in City Council District 6. Robbie Robbins, representing District 3. And hi, I'm Jennifer Gorham with the City Attorney's Office. Hi, I'm Alexis, and I am with the Office of the City Clerk, and I am a Senior Deputy Clerk. We'll be clerking tonight. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you, everyone. Welcome, Commissioner. I think you'll enjoy this commission. We like to um, be very inclusive and welcoming and have a wonderful time. And we're so happy that so many of you from the community could join us tonight. I'm very happy that you are all here. So our first order of business today is to approve the consent calendar. Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on the consent calendar? Thank you, Chair. I do not have any hands raised in Zoom. And I do not have any speaker slips within chambers. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any commissioners who would like to speak on the consent calendar? Okay, seeing none. Is there a motion and a second for the consent calendar? Thank you. We have a motion by Commissioner McCarchek and a second by Commissioner Herman. Will the clerk please call the vote? Yes, thank you, Chair. Commissioner Boone? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Flores? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Ford? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Gallardo Good is absent tonight. Commissioner Herman? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Kingis is absent tonight. Commissioner King is absent tonight. Commissioner Liu? Thank you. Commissioner McCarchek? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Robbins? Aye. Thank you. Vice Chair Gaines? Aye. Thank you. Chair Vasquez? Aye. Thank you. Motion passes. Thank you so much, Clerk. We'll now proceed to the discussion calendar. I'm going to alter the agenda slightly. We're going to take item three, which is the Council Rules of Procedure Review. Um, and we're going to move that, uh, we're going to postpone until our next meeting because we have a lot of families here tonight and I'm sure that you want to get home and continue your evening. Thank you for sharing yourselves with us in the city of Sacramento tonight. Um, I do have a very special request if that everyone who's here, I'm assuming a lot of you are award winners, would please come up. We'd like to take a group photo of all of us together before we start peeling off one at a time. So if you feel comfortable doing so, I would like to invite everyone in the audience to come and stand right here and take a picture. Don't be shy. I want to see your smiling faces. Pretty good. Yeah. Hey, Commissioner Flores, will you direct us in the way that you See fit. Commissioners, we can stand right here by the logo. Great. All right, commissioners.
<laughs> couple more. Hold up, couple more. Yeah. <laughs> Ray Rodriguez, support services manager with the Ipsy. All right, guys. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much, everyone. I really appreciate that. So since we're postponing item three, our first item will be number four, which is the Volunteer Recognition Awards. Um, the presentation will be me and the rest of the commission delivering awards to you wonderful volunteers in the audience tonight. Uh, the Parks and Community Enrichment Commission submitted nominations for people whom we felt went above and beyond. There are special criteria to win this award a significant donation of your time, significant uh, donation of your resources, right? significant uh, dedication, volunteerism, and service. And we feel that we have uh, everyone who was nominated was voted by the commission to receive this award. They were all award winners tonight, and we're very grateful for all that you do. Um, we're very honored that we get to be in person for the first time tonight as a commission after several years of this commission being led on Zoom, three years. Um, so you get to come on a very special night for us all to be together and to honor you all. Um, we are honored to recognize in chambers a lot of you. And when we voted these in, we actually I was not the chair of the commission. Chair Devin Lavelle was the chair of the commission, and I was the vice chair. So he is here tonight and will be coming to the podium to give you your award if you're nominated by Chair Lavelle. Um, I would like to start by honoring District 6. So District 6 is where I'm appointed. I'm appointed by Council Member Eric Guerra. And in my neighborhood where I live, I'm very lucky to have an amazing volunteer in Ms. Rachel Gregg. Rachel, will you please come to the podium? Thank you. <laughs> Rachel Gregg has done so much for her community. And it was based in her own love for her own family if you can imagine, as the lockdown began, having a brand new child, Francie, right here. Um, can you imagine this beautiful, beautiful girl, Francie, being born at the beginning of a time when we all had to go inside and close the doors and couldn't be with one another? And Rachel's love of community and her understanding of uh, building community, she had an idea to bring families together. She wanted families to be together. She didn't want them to feel isolated. She reached out to people in her community. And at the end of it all, had whipped up such an amazing dream that came to life, which were concerts for kids. Um, she thought that through the, and she knew, that through the rhythmic um, healing of music, that we could come together as families, outdoors. Oh, Drake Hernoda, will you please stay? Francie's comments are very welcome. <laughs> Francie, this is your show. You come on in here. Hi, Francie. Mm. Hi, Francie. Hi. Hi. So the concerts that she was able to put together with the Tahoe Park Neighborhood Association, bringing people together to 
get funding to do healing in her community park at Tahoe Park, two to 300 families came out together, brought their picnic blankets, enjoyed the, the guests and the amazing uh, musical stars that she brought out to entertain everyone. That's a very small part of what she accomplished for me to nominate her for this award, which I'm gonna come down and give to you right now. Um, and we're gonna be posting the uh, nominations that we have written up for everyone tonight. They're in our minutes, so if you'd like to read more about what Rachel Gregg did and how you can do the same in your community, I really encourage you to do so. So let's give it up for Ms. Rachel Gregg. Oh, always. Um, thank you to the commission for um, taking the time to acknowledge my work, but to also to acknowledge the work of all of the, the people in this room. Um, we really all have a role to play in making our communities stronger and better and working together. So I'm so grateful for, um, for the support that I received from the city of Sacramento in producing our children's concerts for for kids, our, our, our second Saturday Concerts for Kids series, um, and we're so excited. We look forward to producing more um, enriching and um, community building events in Tahoe Park and um, in District uh, Councilmember Eric Gare's district. Thanks. I'll take the loud toddler now. Yes. And we'd like to thank you and your family for sharing Rachel with us. Yeah. Thank you to Rachel's family. Okay. So our next award will be given out by Commissioner Flores. <clears throat> Thank you, Chair. Um, it is my honor and privilege to recognize uh, the students of New Tech High School from Sacramento City Unified. Uh, with the students and Principal Martin, uh, Mr. Meek, if you guys can come up to the, to the podium. Uh, wow, Victoria, you have, a, you have an eloquent way of saying uh, the story, and so I didn't, <laughs> I'm not going to compare myself to that. Uh, I'm just going to speak from the heart. Uh, last year, we commissioners, we uh, collectively, with the help of the uh, Parks Department, uh, came up with 916 Day. And it was a day to help uh, recognize volunteerism in our particular parts of the city. I live in a neighborhood called Southland Park. And I you know, try to be a little bit more active and walk around my neighborhood. And in that journey, uh, there's a, a nice little park hidden uh, it's a nice little gem of a park called Argonaut Park. Argonaut Park is adjacent to New Tech High School. And so when we were formulating and planning 916 Day, I was like, okay, what am I going to do as far as celebrating? And you know what? I just sent a random email to Principal Martin over there. I was like, hey, I'm just some guy in the neighborhood, but I have this wild idea. What do you think? And she says, you know what? Let's do this. And so I was like, all right, let me take care of some logistics on my end. Let you take care of some logistics. And I want to invite uh, the students. And it happens that September 16th of last year fell on a Friday. And I was like, okay, well, that's a great opportunity to include the youth 
uh, early in the morning, so it wasn't going to be hot, and it was just a week after we had that extreme weather event where it was like 117. And so I was like, okay, I talked to Mr. Meek. I was like, this is also a perfect opportunity as to why the youth should put in more trees to understand the canopy of putting more trees in your area south of Sacramento. Um, what kind of native trees go inside uh, in the particular regions of Sacramento, and then let's put in our sweat equity. I'm going to be out there, and I'm going to be digging with you. So uh, because of that, uh, nearly everybody, and correct me if I'm wrong, Principal Martin, nearly every student at your high school either participated at the event or had lessons about the event leading up to it. So it was a, the entirety of the high school in, in my neighborhood, in our shared neighborhood, and I just wanted to say thank you. And this is one way that we can say thank you to the students. Um, but I just wanted to give you your flowers. I'm all about giving flowers and all about uplifting our shared neighborhood. So I just wanted, I'm grateful and thankful for you coming tonight. And please everybody, if we can give a round of applause to the students of New Tech High School. Sure. Um, thank you uh, for the opportunity, Joe. Um, we have a small high school community um, of service providers. We, you know, we always do community service and we enjoy it. And so when this opportunity came, um, we had to, if, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, we had about 50 kids out there planting plant uh, trees, right? And so they were very excited to be involved um, in the community and giving, and then also just to be able to kind of build up our little park behind the school, because we do use that as well. So thank you very much, Joe, for the opportunity, and please call on us anytime you need anything. <laughs> thank you While you're preparing for your photo, I will share that I was able to plant trees with you that day, and I recognize a lot of you. I'm very impressed at the work that you did. That was hard work that you did that day, and I hope your trees are doing well. How are your trees doing? Yeah? Oh, right. Good. Well, congratulations. Thank you for your service. What's going on, uh, New Tech High School and the Parks and Community Enrichment Commission? This is Chino Rose, Board of Education, President for Sacramento Unified School District. And I want to say uh, that it is an honor to be able to honor you guys today, all the staff, um, the principal, um, and, and especially the students. Uh, 916 Day was beautiful uh, because of you and your commitment to uh, beautifying the city. We know that parks and our and our green spaces and our youth matter. Um, and I appreciate the work you've done. Also to Commissioner Flores, uh, your dedication and your work throughout the city, um, but especially with our students in our parks has been seen and is appreciated. And we want you to continue also the good work as we uh, do the work together. Uh, once again, I love parks. Uh, as you guys know, I was a parks summer commissioner myself. Um, and so to continue to partner with you guys in the city in this way is very important. But once again, New Tech, we appreciate you. And we hope to see you guys out on the next 916 day. Peace, Southside Pride. You know what it is. <laughs> Thank you.
And I want to thank Board President, uh, former Commissioner Chinwa Rhodes. He would have been here tonight, but obviously this is a Thursday night, so the Sac City Unified has their board meetings, and so he's chairing that meeting. He's, he presides over that meeting, so uh, I was grateful for him to submit a video on our behalf. So once again, thank you, New Tech. Thank you, everybody. Um, thank you. Commissioner Herman, would you like to go next? I would like to call up and recognize Mark Laver. Mark has been a tireless supporter of All Access Playgrounds since the early 2000s. His son Johnny provided the initial fuel to get Mark started and that fire still burns in Mark. He was there for the original ribbon cutting for the upgrades to Southside Park in 2005 and was there again this past May after his fundraising efforts resulted in the installation of the WeGo round and a much needed facelift at Southside Park. Beyond, South, beyond Southside Park, he also provides a vital voice to ensure park, future park playgrounds provide learning walls and other sensory experiences. Without Mark's ingenuity, dedication, and continued hard work, Sacramento parks would not be accessible to all kids as they are starting to become. I am awed by Mark's efforts to make Sacramento a better, more inclusive place, one park at a time. Thank you. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Hello, everyone. I'm overwhelmed and honored to be here now. Many, many individuals, the city of Sacramento, companies, neighbors, family, members, friends made this moment possible. My mom is here and has helped guide me for a lifetime. My wife, Linda, has been an extraordinary beacon of support and a true champion for Johnny and inclusion for all children. Our family has had a presence here at Southside Park for almost 20 years, and it is with great pride we can give back to this wonderful park and community. An effort started in 2019 to add our region's only accessible merry-go-round, and by late 2021, it was installed, allowing more special kids to utilize play equipment that was unavailable before. Many should be proud to have helped more special kids have fun, meet new friends, and explore the new features here and lead healthy lives. It has been a rewarding journey to be on. More can always be done and grateful for recent city support on other playgrounds. Two in the Natomas area have new universal, have unique universal features benefiting all kids. A new playground is getting a wheelchair ramp and thanks to Tinwa and the North Lakes Community Park has some great items added and grateful to Wood Rogers and Jeff Nitka I regret leaving off names of so many who have made this possible. Forgive me if I missed anyone. I want to primarily thank a few city leaders and others I'm so grateful now. Many who made financial donations are not listed here, but have been acknowledged before. Mario Lara, so kind. Jeff Nitka, so patient with me for the last three years. Councilmember Valenzuela and her staff have been so gracious on my many calls. Jason Weissman, a big supporter working behind the scenes. Raymond Constantino, I saw him earlier. He's been a great leader. Dana Rapan has made sure accessibility is added and master plan that I helped work on with her. Ray Rodriguez, who I just talked to a day ago, has been kind, helpful to me. Shannon Brown has been so helpful. Barbara Smith, of the GTS board have done so much for this project. There's a board of 
probably seven or eight people have been really great. The GTS board, Mike Sainz who installed the merry-go-round and all his team were great. Senator Ashby, Sadi and Samiti, my dear friends are here. Uh, Tenwah, Phil Cerna, several national media companies, Home Depot, Target, Flyers Energy, Steve Hansen was vital in the early process, Heather Fargo, Ray Trethaway, John Nicholas and Connor from Wood Rogers, they've helped us on our next phase. We're trying to add three or four more features. We have a campaign underway, and I'm working with Ray right now. Raymond is a big help. All the park staff, Sean, Matt, Jonathan, I saw Sean here. He's been a big help to us. UCP and Doug um, and Eric, they've helped greatly. United Several Palsy. Ann Staines and Meet Communications have helped out a lot. They helped secure bigger donations by Ann. Kitty O'Neill, St. Francis High School, Jenny Yarrow, Sherwin-Williams Paint Company, Southside Park Neighborhood Association, Marnie Robin, Kristen, Sarah, Gordon, the tire board. Leonardo da Vinci Schools helped out. They did a big painting project a couple years ago. And all the individuals that made donations. Over 130 contributions landed in the GTS account, and Barbara Smith managed the effort remarkably well. And countless others gave advice and have donated time and energy. And would not have achieved our goals if it was not for their dedication and support. Finally, I want to thank Johnny for this dream and vision and its completion. He provided so much joy and love in his short life and inspired us to add this magical we-go-round at Southside Park, allowing more kids to unite on a playground and help promote more programming and accessible features at more parks. He was a brave little boy and feels so privileged to be his father. He taught me a great deal about compassion and how to treat and help others. And know he's looking down right now, happy to know you all made it possible for kids like him to ride in a special merry-go-round at this special park. We're grateful to the Parks Department and the City of Sacramento and this blessed community and for the hundreds of people who made this possible. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and for your commitment and for all of the lives that you have touched and changed with your dedication and your perseverance. We appreciate you. Sorry, Chair Vasquez. Former Commissioner Meta, would you like to come and have a picture to all together? Yeah. Ray, could you please assist? Thank you. Thank you for being here, Commissioner Mehta. It's not always we have parents who are there with us. Absolutely. Yes, come on over. We'd love to take your photo. Welcome. Thank you so much. 
Come on over, commissioners. We're all together. We'll wait, let them all get behind you, and then we can say your, your trees on three. <laughs> One, two, three. Trees. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Lavera. Thank you. It's really inspiring to be in the presence of so many community heroes tonight. I'm very, very inspired, and I'm grateful for you all. Tonight, we have an awardee who was nominated by our mayoral commissioner, who is Rita Gallardo-Good. She was unable to be here tonight, so I have the pleasure of awarding our next awardee. His name is Patrick Landrum. Will you please come to the podium, Patrick? I'd like to say a few words about Patrick Landrum because I've personally known him for many years. And the way that I met him is through volunteerism because the shirt that he's wearing right there is a Sacramento Tree Foundation shirt. He is a tree leader. He's a trained certified tree leader with the Sacramento Tree Foundation, uh, which is where I used to work. Uh, I no longer work there, but that's where I met Patrick. And what's so special about Patrick as a volunteer is that you can throw an event at 8.50 on a Saturday morning, and it might be about 30 degrees, but Patrick's gonna be there at 8.30. He's gonna be the first one there. He's gonna be the most cheerful. He's going to learn about tree planting and then teach others around him. He is going to raise morale during arduous and sometimes very muddy or sometimes very hot work. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's 110 degrees that day or if it's, what was it the other day, 31? Um, yeah, I believe it was 31. Marriott Park, yeah. So um, the inspiration that Patrick brings and the cheerfulness to serve, that desire and commitment to serve, that sacrifice of your time and of yourself in service of the community around you to meet others who are like-minded in their volunteerism, to make your community a better place. And there's a reason that you were nominated by our mayoral commissioner, and that is because your service is not connected to one district, is it? I see you all over town. Mm -hmm. You're in every district, right? Pretty because much. <laughs> you are an unending volunteer. We thank you for your service. We'd like to honor you for your service. We'd like to recognize you for out-cheerfulling me. I didn't know somebody could do that, but Patrick <laughs> Landrum can. So I would like to say congratulations to you, and I would like to bring you this award, Patrick. Yes, sir. Well, it has been a deeply honor. Thank you very much for this fantastic honor. And volunteer is something I'm gonna take this for a very long time. And what's interesting is that I've actually started volunteering since I was, I think it was 17 years old when I was a high school junior, back in my hometown of Merced. And I discovered that volunteer is something I really love to do um, every time when I don't have school or work going on. I wanna do something that makes me feel great about myself, and be able to go out and do a lot of great things for people, especially there are people out there that needs like a lot of things, especially with trees. But not only I do volunteer to help plant trees, I also help volunteer for other stuff like becoming adult literacy tutor where I help adult learners get their GED and I have got them to pass and they got the GEDs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I would like to thank each one of you for being able to um, get to know me on a personal level at any of the volunteer events whenever I'm there. 
And I would also like to thank Devin LaVille for being an awesome commissioner who I got to meet right before this pandemic happened. Winners, Chair Lavelle. All right, thank you guys. It's nice to be here in person. Back when I used to sit where uh, Rita's name is, and uh, we with between uh, between Tyler and Chinua, and we were the fun corner. Um, so you guys got. <laughs> you got something to live up to over there, and I hope you, I hope you do, because, you know, being here with, with all these, these awesome folks is really, you know, a big part of what it's all about. We've missed a lot the, the last period of time. Um, but we're not here for me to talk about uh, me. We're here to, for me to talk about some other really fantastic people. Um, so Beth Coster is the, the first person. Unfortunately, she had a family emergency and wasn't able to come tonight. But luckily, I had a couple of uh, Greenhaven Soccer Club players on hand who were going to accept the award on her behalf. <laughs> um, Henry and Charlie. Henry's had uh, four seasons of Greenhaven Soccer, and Henry's had uh, one full season of Greenhaven Soccer. Um, Beth is just really an incredible, hardworking person. She goes way, way, way above and beyond to make sure that the kids have a fantastic time, that the fields are in incredible shape. She takes care of the referees and makes sure none of the coaches get out of hand. She does it all. Um, she, she just spent, has dedicated her life the last uh, decade plus to, to these kids and to the game of soccer. Um, she, she got wrangled into it because her, her, her granddaughter wanted to play and they needed a coach and, and there was no one else to do it. So that got the ball rolling and it just rolled and rolled from there. And our, our kids are so much better off because they're able to play in a, in a league that she leads. Our community, our neighborhood is better off. She, as she always says, we are one community. And she, um, I don't want, want to take up too much time, but she spends so much time uh, raising funds, bringing people together, uh, leading community events. She is incredible and fantastic, and I am lucky to call her a friend. Um, I probably would have known her through soccer, but because I was on the commission and working with her um, on various you know, par park issues, we got I got to know her really well, and I'm so grateful for that. And I am very thrilled to uh, have be able to give her this award. And so I present it to these two Greenhaven soccer athletes on her behalf. <laughs> Charlie, look this way. Here we go. Trees. Trees. Don't forget the trees. There we go. Perfect. 
Thanks, boy. All right. Now I have two more, and um, let's see. So again, one of these folks isn't uh, here, but you fellows want to come up. Um, so briefly, so Christina Rogers is with the Land Park uh, Community Association, and she's not able to be here because she's busy running the Land Park Community Association meeting tonight. Uh, so what can you do? She's too committed of a volunteer. But um, these guys are the Majestic Sacramento Car Club. Um, and I think this is a really important story, so I hope I, I do it justice. But like so much, so often in this world, um, when people, people find things that they don't quite like, and so they kind of shut down, they put up walls, they figure out reasons that we're, we're different, we're opposed to one another, and we get, you know, end of story, big fight, yada, yada, yada. We all know how that goes. This is a situation that didn't go that way, and it didn't go that way because we had some really awesome, committed people who um, figured out how to work together, figured out how to get to yes, worked, you know, worked through people's concerns, and um, and made a great event happen and made it better because they worked together. Um, so the Majestics Car Club uh, holds a, holds an event on New Year's at Land Park to uh, celebrate their community, bring out their cars, hang out, have a great time. Uh, some folks were concerned about how that had gone in the past, raised some concerns, and um, Christina, on behalf of the Land Park Community Association, um, like a lot of communicate associations, might have might have ran with those concerns and tried to shut it down. She didn't do that. She said, how can we make this work? She They connected these guys with, with the city staff. Everybody worked together. They, you know, figured out how to address concerns, um, got everything permitted properly, uh, showed us maybe a little bit about how we, <laughs> how it's important that we figure out how to cut down on the red tape in terms of getting to those permits. Um, it's not just a matter of efficiency and good government, it's also important in terms of making people who are new to the process feel welcome and feel like this is, this is for them um, as well. And, you know, I, Got to got to a fantastic event on New Year's, made everybody happy, and so you know, thank you guys. Good work. Sure. 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 My friend, thank you. Um, I didn't I didn't expect to speak. I um, I was blown away when Mr. Lavelle reached out to us and said uh, he'd been paying attention and he'd wanted to recognize and um, acknowledge the work that we put in with Lamb Park, and. Um, we, in, in the beginning, we didn't realize that there was an issue um, that was ongoing and there were several complaints and we've been doing this New Year's Day picnic in honor of unity. Um, and if you look in the word community, the word unity is in there and unity starts with you and I and that's how my car club is based. And uh, I'm the president of the car club. This is my club brother DJ, my club brother Harrison. And so our, our thing is, you know, we're a car club made up of 500 people and we have different cities and different states, all nationalities made into one. And so when we do this picnic, it's to, how do you start the new year off? You know, we, we thank the Lord that we made it to new, another year. And so we said, well, why don't we do something that would bring everyone together? And a lot of people like lowriders, but unfortunately there's a stigma out there. And so I just felt that it was time for the grown men in the room to step up and speak. I'm a father of three daughters, and um, these gentlemen behind me are our fathers as well. So we said, what can we do to address some of the issues that we've been hearing about? So I took it upon myself, um, 
with these guys is backing me and called Christina and said, hey, actually I emailed her and said, we would like to talk about some of the things that we've heard. And um, ultimately it came down to communicating and educating. And once we were able to do that, it was, okay, so when do we meet? And so she says, well, how about at our Lampart Volunteer Community Day? I said, okay, we'll see you there. Well, what we didn't realize is we were going to volunteer our time to clean up duck poop all day. <laughs> and, uh, and these guys, along with my wife, who's <laughs> there in the back, um, she was the lucky one. She'd have to clean it. She just held the water hose. Um, and I'm telling you, for four hours, she would not give it up. We were stuck <laughs> scraping up duck poop. But in that, in that four hours, we saw something. We saw that 70% of the people, and there's about 60 people there, we saw that 70% of the people there were senior citizens. And it made me ask myself, who's going to be here doing this when they can no longer pick up a shovel, when they can no longer kneel down and, and pull up weeds? Who's going to do this? And as lowriders, we take up residency there in that park every weekend. So what can we do to help remove the stigma and a negative outlook? And that's what it was. It was we have to now invest our time, not just our mouth, not just the loud music. Let's show them who we really are. We're homeowners. We're business owners. We're fathers. So, uh, I've been married almost 25 years. I'm, I'm a man of foundation. But they don't know that because they're so used to seeing other lowriders. And so we made it a point to say it stops here. Let's show them who we are. And so we just, we said we're going to clean up duck poop once a month. And, um, and, and I can tell you this much. Um, I've heard a lot about trees tonight. One thing that we tell the volunteer corps, the volunteer group there, is that if you have lowriders involved in this, can you imagine how good this park is going to look? Because all of our cars look good. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so, you know, with, with that being said, ultimately, we just wanted to, we wanted to remove something that, wasn't there, which was the communication. Because on the news, New Year's night, you see uh, uh, unsanctioned lowrider event at William Land Park. It was great, and it was, but the part that it was unsanctioned, it was just negative. And so when we heard that there was issues, the right thing to do was reach out. And so when it was time to move forward, it was how can we be a great community partner and not just a lowrider? And so that's what we're now being called, community partners. Um, and Councilman Jennings labeled us that. Um, I'm also a member of the Sacramento Lowrider Commission. I hang my hat on that. And the goal for us moving forward is to apply more effort into the parks, especially William Land Park in that district. And again, if our cars look good, best believe that park's gonna look good. So thank you guys. Play trees. <laughs> Thank you for your service and your inspiring words. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much. Big round of applause, everybody. Commissioner Lavelle, would you please uh, reapproach the podium? I'm so sorry. I have just one more thing for you. Come on, friend. Um, I want to thank you. Wait, sorry, one second. Yeah, yeah. Forget your award. Oh, gave you the wrong one. All right. I am very grateful. Um, I'm going to think of you every time I walk across Land Park and, and don't step in duck poop, which is like, <laughs> I'm going to thank you in my mind. I appreciate you. 
Uh, Chair Lavelle, thank you so much. Thank you so much for the dedication that you had uh, to the commission throughout the time that you were on it. I wish that we could have been in chambers together when you were chair for the last year. So I wanted to acknowledge you publicly and thank you for your dedication and your service. And it's my turn to read a little bit. Thank you, Chair Lavelle. Um, I want to recognize uh, your service between January 2022 and December 2022 as chair of the Parks and Community Enrichment Commission. Your dedication to community members you served, to the programming, to the spaces, and the practices and employees who implement them was inspiring and nothing short of fine leadership. Your commitment to green space and in particular to trees in Sacramento Parks was proven by the hundreds of trees that you facilitated planting, being planted, and actually planted um, your, along as your time at, in the commission. As Harry S. Truman said, actions are the seed of fate and deeds grow into destiny. You didn't just talk the talk, you walked the walk, and we're very grateful for you. Um, we have some words for you from Councilmember Jennings, who couldn't be here this evening. He's got some video words that we'd like to share with you as I come on down, and I'm going to give you something, too. Uh, Rick Jennings, District 7, and uh, I want to thank Devin LaVille for the five years that he has served as a commissioner for District 7. He has done an incredible job. Someone told me that he has planted a record 300 trees in District 7 and in the city of Sacramento. And his leadership, his ability to work with communities, work with our kids, work with all the different groups is just unsurpassed. He has just been an incredible commissioner, done a great job for us. We're so sorry that he's not gonna continue in this vein, but we know whatever he does, he's gonna be doing great things. And so our support and our love goes out to Devin Lavelle and his family. And we wanna thank him for all the years of service to the District 7 community and the city of Sacramento. staking happening in the background and it reminded me that you're not done yet <laughs> that you still have planting events happening that you're still planting trees in Sacramento and that you're continuing yeah your green journey and I appreciate you for that so thank you thank you absolutely you want to take a picture yeah let's do it thank you Here, can I bring them up and take one with everybody please Lavelle family come on up <laughs> My youngest tree planters in Sacramento. Are you too, Henry, Charlie, Fiona? Please come on down. Come on, friends. Inspector, remember? All right, Commissioner. These are my park inspectors. Henry's the senior park inspector, and Charlie's the junior park inspector. Going trees on three, ready? One, two, three. Three. Thank you. Speech, speech, speech. <laughs> <laughs> you have to send that to me so you can get it. Here, just send it to yourself real quick. So, 
the, like, uh, kind of getting to what I was saying before, like the, I'm very proud of a lot of things that, you know, we kind of physically accomplished over, over the years, all the, all the trees. I do love the trees. Um, probably the, the um, one of the things that I am happy that I was partially able to ad address in, um, disappointed that I wasn't able to fully address the, uh, we, we have a fantastic uh, baseball complex that our, our boys are able to enjoy. Henry, Henry's played a couple seasons there. Charlie might be there soon. Um, the, we don't have that for softball. Um, up when, when I started, softball was just playing at a gopher-filled field that was um, a, 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 at an elementary school. We were able to get one uh, one park field cleaned up and uh, into pretty pretty excellent playing shape. Um, they they need a lot more than that, but you know it was a start. I, Joe, there's there's your uh, your work for the next few years. Um, but the 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 most the thing what'll kind of stay. Stay with Sorry, if I could say a few words, I'd be a better public speaker. Um, what's going to, sorry, stay with me most, of course, is just, is the people. Um, I want to give an, another shout out to Patrick there um, and all of the amazing volunteers that I've been able to work with over the, the last um, last five years. It's somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 5,000 uh, non, not individuals, but some some of them are very repeat, which is incredible, but 5,000 or so people have come out to the volunteer days of organized. Um, and they are such cool, hardworking people who care so much about our community. Um, all the all the commissioners that I've had the, the chance to serve with, um, you know, we had our fun corner over there that I was telling, telling you guys about, um, you know, the, I, I, you know, everybody just make, you know, everybody, but, uh, you know, also especially um, Commissioner Flores and Chair Vasquez have become um, really, you know, great friends of mine that through this, um, you know, people that I, I more or less fully know because we served on the Parks Commission together and their um, people are, you know, I really truly value um, their, their role in, in my life. Um, and I want the, the, to mention the um, volunteer coordinators I've had the chance to work with. I mean, we have some really, really tremendous staff up and down, um, you know, up and down the parks department. But the, you know, I, I from um, Esteban right now, Ignacio before him, Danielle before him, and Richard before her, they're just all really tremendous, hardworking people who, um, have such a such a great attitude of coming out doing the doing the work so that it's not that hard for the volunteers to come and contribute and um, you know all, it's it's all it's, it's all about people that's what we do it for like the you know we do parks because people need parks we we do community enrichment because people need community enrichment and I've had the such an awesome chance to meet so many really cool people um, these last five years and that will stay with me for forever and thank you and sorry for uh, blabbing your ear off and <laughs> I will uh, let you get back to your business.
uh, Devin, Devin, before you go, Devin, before you go, I just want to acknowledge Fiona, Charlie, and Henry for being a part of this journey as well. Uh, I know how, come, as a family man, myself, a father, and, and an incredible, having an incredible wife, it's always the thank you to the family that supports us, what, what we do out there, and Devin, uh, it's, I'm trying not to eulogize this, but it's like, it, it was an honor and privilege to serve alongside you. I know we had many a conversations and we got to do some awesome things together. So uh, holding, sitting in this seat, I, I know what it means to sit in this seat. Uh, I'll try to make it my own, but it's, <laughs> the bar's really high. So uh, thank you for you. Thank you, Fiona. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Henry. Thanks. Do you have any members of some members of the public who would like to speak on this item. Thank you, Chair. I do have one hand raised in Zoom. Um, the last four digits of the phone number is 4366. I'm going to go ahead and give you the ability to speak. Yes, my name is Lambert Davis, and I'm very impressed with the Lowriders Association. I, I hope that they will reach out to me we own a cheesecake business, and I've been trying to reach out to the Lowriders Association ever since that ordinance was removed. I think that was a wonderful victory for the Lowriders. Uh, I'm originally from Del Paso Heights, and, of course, we love Lowriders out there. But I wanted to get together with the Lowriders Association, every culture, every race, likes cheesecakes so i think there's a vision i have to team up with the lowriders association so if you get a chance you can reach me at 916-370-9211 and if you want to call me then we go from there uh, but i am very impressed with the lowriders association and uh hopefully somebody will call and reach out to me and we can go from there Thank you. Thank you for your comments, Chair. That is all the public comments we have on this item. Thank you. Clark, and thank you, Mr. Lambert, for calling in tonight. And I hope that they do call you. Do we have any commissioners who would like to speak on this item? Commissioner Robbins? Yes, I want to say that I'm very honored and humbled to be here for the first night of the commission and uh, for the volunteer recognition awards because I was the inaugural winner of this about five years ago. And so uh, just the people that came today and stepped over there, keep on doing good, roll up your sleeves, keep on doing what you do until you come into this seat. So thank you for all what you do and keep on doing good. Thank you. Any other commissioners wish to speak on this item? Seeing none, I will uh, say that I hope you heard the number that former Chair Lavelle threw out, which was 5,000 volunteers, repeats included. Um, and I hope that's a number we can all aspire to. I hope we can all take that inspiration from hearing his achievements tonight and know what we have to do. All right. That is the end of that item. It was informational, and we do not need a vote. So we are going to move on to item number five. And this is the naming of the Tyree Nichols Skate Park at Regency Park or Thai Regency Park, as I've heard it's being lovingly called now by locals. Do we have a staff presentation, Raymond? Raymond Constantino, Park Planning, Park Development Manager. 
please bear with me. It's been a while since I've been in this room. Um, this item is the naming of, of the skate park at Regency Park as Tyree Nichols Skate Park. In the wake of the recent tragic death of Tyree Nichols, staff uh, in collaboration with Council District 1 and the Mayor's Office is bringing forward this recommendation to name the skate park at Regency Park as Tyree Nichols Skate Park. Tyree Nichols has a strong connection to the skate park at Regency Park and spent numerous hours in his youth skating and building friendships there. The, tra the tragedy of his death has elevated his name to national significance and as such underscores his connection and contribution to Sacramento, the community in North Natomas, and Regency Park. Although this nomination is under one year, the one-year threshold, the facility's naming policy provides an exception to this threshold in cases with special circumstances, need, or opportunity, which allows this nomination to be submitted now. In addition to the skate park naming in his honor, a bronze plaque on a concrete pad will be installed at the skate park. Unfortunately, the bio for Tyree Nichols and photos that you see on the screen uh, did not make it into the staff report because of technical difficulties um, for this park commission meeting, but they will be included in any future staff reports to city council. As a result, I do wanna, um, I do wanna read the short bio that the family uh, sent over that's not in the staff report. Tyree, Tyree Nichols was born June 5th, 1993 in Sacramento, California to Rovan Wells and Stephen Nichols and passed away on January 10th, 2023. Tyree was a, the youngest of four siblings. Tyree fell in love with skating at a young age and it wasn't long before it became a part of his lifestyle. On most days after high school, you'd, you'll you, you would find Tyree and his friends skating at Regency Park. This park represents a huge part of Tyree's life. This is where it all began and where he made lifelong friends. Tyree also loved watching the sunset, photography, and most of all, helping people. Many of the photographs Tyree took were of the sunsets at Regency Park Often, often Tyree uh, could be found helping his friends in need and volunteering to help at his church. At Regency Park, Tyree was able to blend all of these things that he loved, including skating, photography, and sunsets. Tyree was a loving soul and, and with, a, with an infectious smile who can now skate in peace. I also received numerous uh, emails supporting this item, which uh, would be included in any future staff reports. Um, staff requests that this recommendation be forwarded to support, to the, forward, to forward support for this item to city council for approval. And that concludes my presentation. Thank you, Raymond. Uh, to forward our recommendation, do we take a vote? Yes, but I'll leave it up to Jennifer. <laughs> How this was agendized. Um, as a recommendation? Um, I think if you want to take a motion, that, that would be great. Well, before we do that, do I have any members of the public who would wish to speak on this item? Yes, thank you, Chair. I do have one hand raised in Zoom. I'm sorry. They are really lighting up. Now it's to four, I'm so sorry. Um, we'll start off with our first speaker, um, Angelina Paxton. I will go ahead and give you the ability to speak. Hello. We can hear you. 
Hi. Um, good evening. I'm here tonight to speak on behalf of the thousands of friends and supporters of Tyree Nichols. I was a close friend to Tyree, and now I'm a close friend to his family. I would like to thank you for your consideration tonight. The individuals who came and stood behind Tyree's loved ones in our most desperate time of need opened doors we never knew were possible. And I am forever grateful to all of them. Um, I just wanted to say Regency Park is more than just a skate park to those who love Tyree. It is an extension of him. It is where most of us spent the best times of our life with him and a place that Tyree reminisced about in every conversation he had and all of his friends I know can vouch for that. I think right now um, the world knows Tyree's name for the dark way he was taken out of this world. And that really, um, that deeply bothers his friends and family because Tyree wasn't darkness, he was light. And I think um, in renaming this park, it honors the best parts of him and who he was. And um, I would just like to thank you for your consideration. Um, it means the world to his family and friends to even have the consideration. So thank you. Thank you for your comment. The next speaker is Kiana. Hi, good afternoon. Um, I'm Tyree Nichols, oldest sister, Kiana um, Dixon. Um, I would like to thank you all for your consideration. Um, as Angelina said, um, my brother spent a great deal of time at that park. Um, he, he loved to skate. Um, it challenged him and made him feel free. Um, and I just want to thank you all for your consideration to extend this park as a part of my brother's legacy, as it was a part of his life. He loved that park. Um, pretty much every picture of him skating is at that park. And um, my family and I just want to thank you all for your consideration of renaming this park um, after my brother. It would mean a lot. And it would, I would hope, as I wrote my letter, that it would inspire um, other youth to do what they love freely as my brother did. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. The next speaker I have is actually Council Member Kaplan. Good evening, everyone. Lisa Kaplan, District One Councilwoman. I just want to thank um, our our commissioners on the parks, um, Tyree Nichols family uh, for your consideration. Uh, the mayor and I have worked on this and we believe that this park needs to be named after Tyree for the light of future generations and how we can be better as a nation so that he is what we need to strive for as somebody who was the light when he walked into the room, the um, smiling face and somebody who brought people together. So I just want to thank you for your consideration of this and for listening to me. And, and I hope we can get your I vote. Thank you. Thank you for your comment, council member. The next speaker I have is Latoya. Good evening. My name is Latoya Izar. I am, um, Tyree's other, older sister. And again, I just wanted to thank everyone for their time and consideration to rename this park after my brother. Um, as my sister stated and everyone um, said, Tyree spent a lot of time here. He enjoyed this park. 
And this is where he developed and nourished his love for skateboarding. Um, of course, this is a very um, tragic event. And we would like to um, stay on a positive track. And this would definitely bring a lot of positivity to our lives um, to honor Tyree in this way. So again, we just wanted to say thank you um, on behalf of the family um, for considering um, this renaming the park after Tyree. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Chair, I do not have any other speakers with their hands raised. Thank you. Thank you to all of our members of the public. Um, thank you for your emails. Thank you for your letters. Um, I read them all and I responded uh, to them all throughout the evening and the morning. And it's your desire for his legacy to be created um, is what you are doing when you make those phone calls and when you write those letters. What you are doing is carrying on his name by shaping your community so that when you are in it, you feel his presence. And I'm thankful for your community participation. Uh, before we entertain a motion, do we have any commissioners who would like to speak on this item? Commissioner McCarshek? Yes. <clears throat> I think renaming the skate park is, is not only a fitting tribute to a to Tyree who for something he loved it, it and it's it's really a a celebration of life more than anything that this is it is a symbol of something he was passionate about that it can show youth that it's just to really enjoy it while you can and to be able to just live with such joy and be and just, I mean, he's having so much in these photos. It's just living it up. And I think this, it's a fitting tribute and a symbol that to, for youth that are going to be using this skate park in the future to continue that um, passion. And I think it's, I think it's definitely, I would be a fitting tribute. Do I have any other commissioners who would like to speak on this item? Commissioner Ford. Uh, thank you to the family and friends who reached out. I also received um, some of those emails in support of naming um, the skate park at Regency after Terry Nichols. Um, again, um, it, it, it would be an honor um, for, for the city to consider this. Um, this would be bringing light to such a tragic event but it would also be a symbol uh, to remember his legacy um, and honor his life and also remind us that there's still so much work to be done for justice for him and his family and for so many other families that have um, been victims of, of uh, similar situations. Um, again, um, thank you to the family. Thank you to the commission for considering this and um, obviously for the mayor's support and um, our council member's support to, to bring this uh, to light. Um, I just wanna clarify that um, it is not the renaming of the Regency Park, it's just the naming of the skate park. The skate park currently doesn't have a name and so what an honor to be able to um, consider this.
I motion. We have a motion and a second. Um, Clerk, will you please call the roll? Yes, thank you, Chair. Mm -hmm. Commissioner Boone? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Flores? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Ford? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Gallardo Good is currently absent. Commissioner Herman? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Kangas is absent tonight. Commissioner King is also absent tonight. Commissioner Liu? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner McCarchuk? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Robbins? Aye. Thank you. Vice Chair Gaines? Aye. Thank you. Chair Vasquez? Aye. Thank you. Motion passes. Clerk. Thank you, Raymond. I want to thank everyone just one more time who reached out tonight via email, and I would like to send my condolences to the Nichols family. I would like to send my condolences to uh, Kiana and Angel, uh, Angelica, everyone who's reached out uh, personally, Ms. Dixon. And I would like to share that um, I believe skateboarding is a sport that takes patience and courage and self-discipline. And I think it uh, really speaks much to his character. I never met Tyree Nichols, but I know what it takes to be a skateboarder. And so I'm really glad that we can name this amenity in the name of someone who's so loved in the community and touched so many lives. So I'm really glad that that was a, an I vote. And thank you, Commission. Okay, Raymond, going to stay right there because our next item is our equity dashboard. Do you have a presentation? Great. So um, as you said, uh, next item is the park amenities equity dashboard. Um, I'll provide some context on the city's park system and then go over the equities dashboard. So in the city uh, of Sacramento, just some park stats, we have 234 parks, over 4,000 acres of park land that we manage. We have 88 miles of off-street bikeways and trails, 13 community centers, 17 pools, and I can go on and on of the other amenities, but since um, this is specifically about sports fields, I'll just say that we have 210 sports fields. And then uh, a few stats on cities' um, demographics. The population of Sacramento is approximately 500,000. The median income, medium household income is 54,000 a year. Um, but then if you look at different planning areas, that varies. So in North Natomas, the median income in North Natomas is 82,000 a year. The median income in the central city is 38,000 a year. If you look at uh, North Sacramento, it's uh, 39,000 a year. But there you get the, the breadth of, of different incomes based on um, um, planning area. And then demographics, city of Sacramento is a very diverse city. Um, the ethnic and racial breakdown, um, the city is 30% white, 13.5% um, African-American or black, 28.7% Hispanic, and 19.6% Asian. <clears throat> uh, through the city's general plan, the city supports an equity framework that directs all departments, <clears throat> uh, all departments' plans to reflect this, including YPSI's future park plan 2040. Unfortunately, there are strong economic disparities throughout the city, and there are concentration, concentrated areas of poverty. And this map, and these two maps that you see here, uh, the map on your right shows the concentrated areas of poverty. 
uh, in the dark brown color. So that's the, the map in orange. And then the map on your left, which is more in purple, shows the concentration of communities of color. And uh, the dark purple uh, are the areas that are um, more concentrated communities of color. And you can correlate where these overlap. To add to the already complex dynamics, Sacramento has a considerable amount of development, both residential and commercial development, which generates park impact fees and Quimby and Lou fees used for park construction. And due to uh, development code restrictions, development dollars tend to concentrate in parts of the city with lots of development. Um, where there are more fees generated, the parks are newer and they have more amenities. Uh, and so in, this, in, the, in these two maps here, on the left is our housing incentive zone map. The parts uh, in orange tend to have less development. And as you can see, um, the orange correlates with the concentration of poverty map on the right. Uh, and you can, you can correlate the overlap. To combat this, the city goes after grants and, dedicated, and, and dedicates general fund dollars to offset any shortfalls. This strategy is working, but it obviously depends on the luck of the, of the draw with grants. And to further exacerbate the challenges, the city has a deferred maintenance backlog of 145 million, which means that parks in underserved and under-resourced areas have the same amount of wear and tear. However, they get renovated less often since there are less funds for regular, regular renovations. Within this context of limited funding, our goal is to create systems to prioritize funding allocations. By prioritizing neighborhoods that have the highest need, and prioritizing parks where they have the most impact and serve the greatest number of people, including youth and underserved communities. And, and, and that, that was the beginning of the GIS equity um, dashboard idea. So the, um, let me see here. The equity dashboard purpose, so to address disparities in Sacramento's park system, YPSI developed a GIS mapping tool to analyze park amenities data through an equity lens. This mapping tool helps staff better understand the overall distribution of, of amenities in relation to under-resourced communities in Sacramento. The goal is to assign an equity score for each park amenity to determine if specific parks are better candidates for additional funding for park improvements. The first step in creating the dashboard was to identify data sets for disadvantaged communities, youth population density, and sports fields in Sacramento. Sports fields are the first park amenity to be analyzed, um, but in the future, other park amenities will be included as well as other population groups. Um, the equity score helps prioritize field improvements such as field lighting, maintenance, and field reservation allocations to under-resourced communities and would be incorporated into YPSI's uh, park project programming guide. And I want to remind you that this dashboard is a work in progress, so. So the methodology, the park maintenance division created this matrix that you see here um, to rank existing baseball and soccer field conditions, including the conditions of turf, baseball infields, and, and, and baseball backstops at each field. Additional points um, within a weighted uh, binary score were given to fields that have parking, restrooms, and lighting. Fields that receive extra maintenance through volunteer agreements were given additional points to be exact 11 points. 
Together, these elements determine the quality of service score, ranging from zero to 33, which uh, with a score of 33 indicating high quality, well-maintained field. The dashboard uh, incorporates the quality of service score and integrates the following metrics. Child density ranking is based on the population density of, chi of children in the census tract. Uh, in, the in, in the census tract, the sports field is located within. The score range for this metric is 0 34. So the closer to a value of 34, the higher the density of the children there in the census tract relative to other census tracts. Community ranking based on Calenvara screen, CES 4.0, combines pollution burden with socioeconomic population characteristics, including income. The score range is zero to 33. The higher the score, the wealthier and less burdened the community is by uh, environmental pollution. And then combined, these metrics produce the equity lens ranking. As uh, it is a cumulative measure, the child density ranking has the most impact on the overall equity lens ranking for sports field. The range of equity lens ranking is zero to 100, meaning that the score of 80, for example, um, a more indicates a more equitable sports field, and a score of 30, for example, indicates a field that would, be, that would benefit from additional investments in park improvements. All right, and so here we come to the dashboard. Let me see if I can share it here. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so this is the this is the dashboard, and uh, this is the dashboard that you see here. Um, and so on the left side, you have different fields by park. So for example, on the left side, you have different fields, including um, you can you can uh, filter by park, you can filter by neighborhood. Um, you can also filter by special use agreements, so um, parks that have agreements with uh, different groups, et cetera. You can filter by district, so council district. You can also filter by facilities type. Um, in the middle here, you'll see uh, average equity lens scores. So here, uh, the area right now that's selected is citywide, and so citywide, the average equity lens score is 48.8 out of 100 scoring system. Um, also, the average child density ranking citywide is 15.5 out of 34. The average community ranking is 14.8 um, out of 33. And then the average quality of service ranking is 18.5 out of 33. <clears throat> and then so, so basically what you can do here is, you know, you can analyze things in different ways. Um, we can, you know, look at, let's say, Council District 4. And so, yeah, so it'll select on just the, um, the fields, the sports fields in Council District 4. Um, and so also under here under fil filter by facility type, um, you might be able to see this on your screen, but basically there's four categories. Baseball um, fields, baseball diamonds with lights, baseball diamonds without lights, soccer fields with lights, soccer fields without lights, right? And so, um, so here you see all of these fields in Council District 4, and you can see that the average equity lens score in Council District 4 is 46.8 out of 100. The average child density ranking is 10.5 10, 10 out of 34. 
the average community ranking is 17.5 out of 33, and then the average quality of service ranking is 18.7. So then we can analyze this even further and, um, and, and, uh, and look at individual parks. I'm gonna go to Council District 8 because I have a few parks that I wanted to share. So the first one I'll share, just to give you an example of how this relates to individual parks. Okay, so for Bill Conlon Youth Sports Complex, which is in Council District 8, uh, it's actually in Council District 7, excuse me. <laughs> in Council District 7. Yeah, no wonder it didn't come up when I selected eight. So, uh, <laughs> so it's in Council District 7. So Bill Conlon Youth Sports Complex. Um, here you can see the specifics about this park in particular. So um, the child density score is 23.8, um, which basically shows that, so 23.8 out of 34 are, uh, is basically uh, shows or indicates a high level of uh, child density around this park. Um, a community ranking of 7.94 basically shows, um, as, as far as socioeconomics and pollution burden, that this would be a community that uh, has, is impacted heavily by uh, that indicator, so the socioeconomics and pollution burden uh, showing the 7.94. And then on the quality of service ranking, this has a very high quality of service rank, ranking. It's coming at 27.66. And so the highest you can have uh, is 33. And so that's a pretty high quality of service ranking. And so here, uh, what's interesting is that we know that this is one of the parks that has um, community, community groups, sports groups that help maintain this park. And so that's an indicate that's um, what's showing the, the higher um, quality of service ranking. So let me scroll out here and we can compare it with a park um, in Council District 8, Meadow, Meadowview Park. And maybe I have to kind of close out of this. There we go, okay, magic touch. So um, here you can compare that in the children's track density, the score is 23.8. It shows also a very high child density around this park. The community um, ranking is 7.94, very similar to Conlin Park. So this is a burdened community as far as socioeconomic and pollution um, uh, indicator. Um, but then the quality service ranking is 13.57. So you can see here that the quality service um, uh, is lower. So this is a park that basically could utilize investments. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, what this shows in the, is that if you add those three things together, the overall equity score is um, 45.31 out of 100. And so... Uh, what this indicates is that as we're looking at different parks uh, and looking at parks for different investments, this would be a park that basically would rise to the top for investments because it meets, um, 
it's on the you know it's on the lower end of the quality of the, excuse me the equity score. Uh, and there's just one more park that I want to show as a comparison um, in the north area. So we're going to go to Regency Park in North Natomas. So at Regency Park, um, you can see a community ranking of 26.06. So that shows, as I mentioned earlier, that this is a, a community. This is a park where the um, socioeconomics and, and pollution burden is not that intense. Um, so this is a community that's 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 doing better. Um, the children track density is 27. Point Two, so this is a, a park that also has a lot of children around it. The child density is high. And then the quality service ranking is 25.77. So here, uh, this is a, a pretty high quality of service ranking um, that indicates uh, pretty much a, a well-maintained park. Um, and the equity score here is 79.03. And so at this park, you know, that out of 100, so 79.03 out of 100. And so when we're looking at... Um, parks to uh, or, or fields to fund based on the equity score, this probably wouldn't be on our top of our list. And so as I, as I showed you, um, we can analyze parks, individual parks. We can also analyze um, by district. Um, this uh, equity dashboard also has these levers that you can basically um, move around and filter things if you want to see kind of like the parks that um, have an equity score, let's say in the middle, or let's say, you know, higher equity score, anything over 75 or 63, yeah, 63.9. And so you'll see, okay, these are the parks in the city that have an equity score of over 63.9. And the same thing if you wanted to look at um, Parks that have an equity score under, I don't know, 30, 31.1. And you can see these are the parks that would be called, right? And then um, I'm going to reset that. And you can also then um, sort it by child, dense, child track density ranking. Uh, and then also, or you can sort it by community ranking or quality of service. I'll just try, uh, just to show you, I'll just do... Um, like a high, a high child tra track density ranking. So this is anything above, <clears throat> above 22.7. And so these are the parts of the town that have high, high uh, child density above um, 22.7. So this gives you an idea of what the, the, um, the dashboard can do. And, um, and so the idea here is that we would use this dashboard to help us uh, make uh, prioritize investments uh, for sports fields initially, but then also take this dashboard and, um, and uh, expand it to include other amenities. And so with that, uh, well, I'll leave the dashboard up there, but with that, I conclude my presentation and I open this up for questions. Thank you so much. Do we have any members of the public who would wish to speak on this item? 
Thank you, Chair. I do have two speakers in Zoom. Um, the first speaker, I'm going to give you the, the ability to speak. Um, phone number last four, three, six, six, Mr. Lambert. Yes, this is uh, Lambert Davis. And as I study what I just heard, there's a simple solution to this. If you have everything that was just mentioned on this dashboard in the name of equity, and you know what you know, it can be solved really overnight. Put less money in well-served communities and put more money in underserved communities, and you'll see a transformation overnight. See, I'm from the background that if you study too long, there's a lot of studies out here right now. But if you study too long, then you're studying wrong. I mean, I'm from Del Paso Heights. These young people are winning championships and all of this, and they can't even swim in their own pool in the summer. I mean, when I was growing up there, you could swim in Grant's pool. But in one of the hottest summers ever, they couldn't swim in Grant pool. These are teenagers. They can't swim in their own community. So uh, things like that, you know, disturb me because when I hear the word equity, it could be a trick. Put the money into underserved communities. You already know what's going on. Put the money there and watch. You'll hear the well-served communities complain because they're used to getting their way. But you have to, if you're sincere about this, put the money into underserved communities like Del Paso Heights. Hagenwood Park is one that comes to my mind. And don't put a penny into Woodlake Park. They don't have a restroom over there. How can you have a park with no restroom? And they get a lot Thank of money you. over there. Thank you for your comment. So your time is complete. That's it. The next speaker I have is Robla. Uh, yes. Um, I was just wondering if uh, the dashboard data would be um, available by request for specific uh, parks um, to uh, those that would request from the public. Thank you. Thank you for your comment. The last speaker I have is from Diana. Diana. Diana, if you can go ahead, we are giving you the ability to speak. Okay, so um, I would like to ask if they could use Robla Park, show us an example of Robla Park on that dashboard. And I would like to agree with Mr. Lambert in, yes? Can you hear me? We can hear you, please proceed. Okay, 
And I would agree with Mr. Lambert with respect that money needs to go into the underserved parks as opposed to those who are not underserved. I am speaking. Are you not hearing me? We can hear you. Yes, we can hear you. Please continue. Okay, so I agree with Mr. Lambert about the need to put the funds in the underserved communities. I disagree with this, this specific comment about if there's not a bathroom, don't put money there. It should be if there's not a bathroom in a park, more money should be put there because there should be no park that exists without a bathroom or a concession, et cetera, a center. So, um, I'd like to submit that Robla Park has been underserved. It doesn't fit into the needs of the Paso Heights in terms of the poverty level, but it has definitely been an underserved and forgotten park, particularly in terms of maintenance, which costs us more and more um, for things that should be done on a regular basis because they end up being replaced instead or not replaced at all, like lights. And I understand that the park's playground was just vandalized and burned. No lights, no uh, officer visits, more funding, please. Thank you for your comment. Sure, I have no other speakers with their hands raised for this item. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Raymond, would you like to answer the second question, which was, can we use this um, information? Sure. So this is send staff an email. Um, we will get you a link to the dashboard that you can basically uh, review and peruse your dashboard yourself. Yeah. Can you say uh, which email that, or which staff that they would email? Sure, they can email me. So Raymond Costantino, so that my email is R-C-O-S-T-A-N-T-I-N-O at cityofsacramento.org. Uh, well, thank you. And do we have commissioners who would like to speak on this item? I've got Vice Chair Gaines in the queue. Yes, thank you. Um, thank you so much uh, for that information. I think we all saw um, from the child density track that I get all the money. So thank you to my fellow commissioners um, for agreeing to that right now because we have the most kids in our district. Um, one of the things that I wanted to ask about, I know you had mentioned um, that this is just a start and there's going to be uh, more information added. I would love to see when we're looking at sports fields, um, like multi-use fields. So District 8, for example, super diverse. So I know we talk a lot about like baseball and soccer, um, but the requests that I get from my constituents are football and rugby, um, especially because we have a large Islander population. So rugby has been a huge um, question that we've had. So um, I would love, not right now, um, but just if we could include that and then look at, okay, I don't know anything about rugby, but is a soccer field, can we use that for rugby? What do we need to make it a football field and start looking at those things uh, to make them more accessible for people? Thank you. But great, um, great job, you guys. I think this is awesome to, to have. Commissioner Ford. Presentation, and it sounds like um, the dashboard's still in development, but I think that there's a lot of great um, ways to be utilized. I'm wondering if you could share anything that was either super concerning 
or things that would help, you know, um, the, the parks to, to determine, you know, areas of priority as we're also thinking about uh, the longer term plan on parks, it, this will also help inform any of that strategy. Sure. So one of the things that we did learn that was I thought was interesting is that we thought, okay, well, you know, this is going to show those parks that have um, really kind of high level of, um, of maintenance and then those parks that have a low level of maintenance, right? Uh, but, what, but actually, in one of the first um, goes at this, uh, what we realize is that, in fact, our level of maintenance policy-wise is the same at all parks. We provide the same level of maintenance. And uh, when we started looking at the data, that's what it showed. It showed that it doesn't matter if you're in North SAC or in East SAC or um, in South SAC, the level of maintenance was the same and the park uh, quality service score was pretty, much, was pretty much the same. It was in the same range. We didn't have any parks that were really low. Um, but what we did have is some parks that were really high. And, that, and then when we, we thought about it and we looked at those parks, it was because those parks had agreements with different uh, sports groups that were doing maintenance. And so on one hand, we thought, okay, this is good. Um, not only is our level of maintenance the same across the city, but it shows that and uh, uh, that, you know, that, that's what it's showing. And as far as like what's the future of this dashboard, so um, there's multiple ways that we're going to utilize this. Not only are we going to add other amenities and basically do this analysis for other amenity types. Um, we're also going to look at um, incorporating this. For example, we have the, the city and the parks department, YPSI has a park project programming guide and we update it on a regular basis. And it's basically a guide that um, helps prioritize the unfunded projects. Uh, and as part of that, there are different criteria that our council approved for basically giving scoring unfunded projects to see which ones should, uh, should be prioritized. And so uh, there's a section on equity that we're, we're gonna update it and kind of modernize it and utilize this dashboard and this technology uh, to incorporate it as part of the programming guide. And so there's a lot of different uses for this. And so I, I, see, that, I see us doing that and just kind of incorporating this into our different systems of prioritization. <laughs> Uh, and just for my knowledge, maybe you mentioned this, but how did you guys come up with the methodology of ranking? Especially, just wondering, like, on service, like, who gets to say, like, oh, you know, yeah. we get a lot of service, so we're, we're not. A level of service? Right. So everyone gets the same level of service, So right? Um, how, who ranks it? Like, okay, like so um, the, the way we rank the quality of service, well, we worked with staff, our maintenance staff, and Sean's here, I believe he's still here, um, but we worked with Sean to basically create a criteria, um, a, a criteria for, and I'm trying to go back to that slide. Uh, maybe I can get out of this dashboard and uh, and go go back to the PowerPoint. But basically, there was a there was a scoring system that we did as part of the methodology um, to rank turf condition, and we also ranked um, and scored baseball field condition. Right, and we also did baseball backstop condition, and so we used different criteria. So if you look at um, turf condition, and just from the top, number ten, a, a score of ten was champion game f uh, level field. So this is a top notch field, right? And then uh, at nine, you have a standard league level field. At eight, you have a field that requires aeration and fertilization. And I'll just skip all the way to the to the um, to the bottom here. Um, a three is the same as number four. Added graded grading of soil. Um, you know, and a one is basically just a natural area, so it's not been developed at all. So that's the scoring mechanism. 
And, um, and so, you know, so for turf condition, the top score you could get is a 10. For baseball, infield condition, top level is 10. Uh, baseball backstop top level is 10. And so altogether, that's 30, right? And um, uh, yeah, and so that's how we kind of developed the methodology. Uh, and, and staff, maintenance staff went out to each field and basically with the scoring mechanism evaluated each field. And so this is current data based on the, next, the last uh, four months. Thank you, and I'm asking, right, because it, 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 who sets the criteria, you know, gets to say like how it's gonna be scored. And so just wondering if there was, um, was it just internal um, input on decision-making about scoring? Was there external? So for the quality of service, it was, um, <laughs> it was internal. And honestly, um, it's park staff who has the expertise there. So it makes sense for it to be internal and for them to go out and score based on a criteria that they apply to all the parks. But then um, when we look at other data sets that we utilized, we use child density ranking. And so that's, um, you know, that was from the census. And so we're using census data there. And then for the um, community ranking, that basically shows um, uh, wealthier and less burdened community communities or, or poorer and, and, and more burdened communities. We used um, State of California Cal Screen data 4.0. Thank you. Appreciate it. Sure. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. Commissioner Flores. <clears throat> Thank you, Raymond. I think because I'm now the elder commissioner and remember conversations we've had years ago, and I think even pre-pandemic. So one, I want to recognize the fact that we're having this conversation about a digital dashboard with all the variables, because I believe what well, was 17 pre-pandemic, but like 17, 18 Commissioner Guerrero over there was really adamant about how things were ranked and it was done via paper uh, and who had uh, uh, who had voice in even ranking parks and statuses at the time. And I, I'm sure we can bring up that video from a long time. So I'm recognizing that and saying thank you because now this is, I think, a byproduct of like those conversations and those gaps that we saw back then. And um, and so for the benefit of my, my new commissioners here, um, you know, this is a, a variation of this conversation that we've had for years, years. So I want to acknowledge staff to even be here tonight. Uh, in your presentation, you did say this is a work in progress. So I recognize that as a person who also works with data in his profession, in, in, in my profession. Um, I, I look for maybe opportunities in future discussions, and maybe this is a director item, uh, and when we have our council district meetings, um, what other relevant variables to consider in equity, right? And I know we did an exercise with some of the commissioners that are still on and some have now left with even just the name of a park. Is that even equitable? And is that a valid variable to then be included in whatever metrics it is to have a variable that is of significant to be entered into this dashboard? So I look forward to future conversations into what even is uh, a variable to add on going forward. It's in the, in the spirit of work in progress and trying to reduce gaps in trying to have stronger numbers across uh, of the board. And then I guess um, probably on the same wavelength as Commissioner Ford of, you know, what are some of the best practices of the data sets that you did compile uh, to help uh, what was initial set of variables that were uh, of relevance. And, uh, um, and so I guess some of my question is there, and then knowing that 
other city departments has updated uh, uh, census data, especially the redistricting commission or committee or that whole process, they had to have the most updated census data at the time available to 2020. And, and, and the presentation tonight uh, mentioned 2018. Like I said, data sets need to be, um, be valid and strong and, and, and at a high confidence level. So, you know, previous years, but I think some of those data sets may be a little bit more um, um, we just went through a whole redistricting process because of that kind of validation data. So if that was reflected in the dashboard, but I know uh, you have to put a point in time in a data set to then keep going in the work. So uh, that, that's just a comment there. So I guess my one question and long winded way of saying, yeah, um, you know, what were some of the best practices maybe in other cities like ours that were, you know, some of those data initial set of variables to then compile track and then at least put in this version one of this dashboard. Thank you. So, um, so in fact, on this slide, you'll see a lot of the different indicators that make up the um, CalEnviro screen. So, um, the pollution burden it has, um, you know, exposure to ozone, diesel emissions, drinking water contaminants, children lead, lead risk from housing, for example, under environmental effects, cleanup sites, groundwater threats, uh, under sensitive population, asthma, cardiovascular disease. Um, and then socioeconomic factors, educational attainment, housing burden, low income, household, uh, low income households, linguistic isolation, poverty, unemployment. So all of those uh, uh, different indicators go into making the CalEnviro screen um, data set, right? Uh, the other thing I just want to mention is that, so really uh, the brain trust here, uh, as much as I like to take credit, was actually our GIS department. Um, and it's not YPC's GIS department, it's the city's GIS department. And so they have the latest data sets for the whole city, including the planning department. And so this is, from what I understand, the most relevant, and I will check, but this is the most relevant information that we have, that, that is out there. And I do know that, um, you know, they, they, in this draft form, have taken it to GIS conferences to share with their peers and that they've gotten um, acknowledgement and accolades. And then also we recently took it to a CPRS, California Parks and Rec Society conference for the district for region two, which is Northern California. And, um, and, and, and our peers are also quite impressed with this data. And so, uh, so right now I think that um, we're, we're, you know, we're in the lead doing this type of analysis on a dashboard. Okay, thank you. I look forward to future conversations. Thank you. Commissioner Liu? Yeah. Equity lens, so the order, so those, those items are gonna affect the lens, but I mean, beside, after that, the order, how do they decide, I mean, after you, you deciphered all that information, how, how are we gonna figure out what we're gonna do first? I mean, have we even went to that? Oh, I see what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, in District 2, I, I went to some of our parks and I mean, we. There's like, the stuff is like, hasn't been fixed for years. I have bleachers where like, they're just stands. I mean, the deferred maintenance over there is horrible. I mean, when they said like, our quality of service is level. I mean, I can go over there and look at things and like, I don't know, the service is like, besides all this, when's the last time people like actually had, is, I mean, just even going back to an old school, like just asking like, hey, when's the last time this was replaced or when was this painted? I mean. Does that even make a difference anymore, or is that added into this equation also? Right. So um, this dashboard is basically we're taking your, 
technology and, and, and utilizing the technology that we have and basically advancing what we've done. But in 2016, we did a, a, a citywide park assessment that basically we did the same thing. Uh, staff went out to each park and um, uh, categorized all of the deferred maintenance at each park and then was able to record that so that we had a good record of basically what needed to be repaired. And, um, and we're still utilizing that deferred maintenance assessment, um, but this allows us to uh, basically not have to do it by hand. And so, uh, so for example, um, and so what we're gonna utilize this for is, as you, as you mentioned, so basically um, as funding becomes available, utilize this tool to say, okay, well, what are within a particular district or community planning area, what are the parks or the parks amenities in particular type that basically rise to the top based on the scoring uh, mechanism? And, uh, you know, yeah, we have the constraints of funding, so we might not be able to get all the parks or all the amenities um, that rise to the top in a particular district, but at least we have a system to help prioritize. Thank you. Commissioner Boone. Thank you, Chair. I just had a clarifying question. If I understood correctly, you said that the quality of service um, would be better if the park had a sports group partnership. And I'm just curious what the sports group partnership is and how does a park obtain that? Right, so um, not all parks have that partnership. It's a, uh, you know, a few parks in the city where basically different um, sports groups have, have agreements to utilize the park and basically contribute to the maintenance of the park, and so they kind of maintain, help maintain the park. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's not necessarily something that we desire to do, but there are some parks that have those arrangements. Yeah. And can, uh, can you specify what those groups are? I'm just, I'm not familiar. Okay, so uh, some of the groups, and I don't know, Jackie, maybe you want to chime in, you know better than I. Sure. Um, so, they're usually youth sports groups that make investments in those spaces. Um, when they want to see an above and beyond standard level of service and they have the sweat equity or ability to make those investments in the spaces that they're using, um, in the past we have entered into agreements to allow those groups to make, uh, you know, to perform that maintenance. And we're actually currently doing a set, an assessment right now of what those um, current arrangements look like and who we have agreements with um, to ensure that we are approaching it with a more equitable lens. Chair Gaines. Hi. Um, so I know that we've talked um, a lot about like the 145 million deferred maintenance. I think one thing that would be helpful if we could maybe add this um, to the report. Um, I appreciate what um, Mr. Lambert said, but I have a sinking suspicion that if we took all of the parks that are like in need, that we still don't have enough money. <laughs> so um, I think if we could just, and I know that with the deferred maintenance, it really just comes up with the budget hopefully at some point, that it's not something that we have funds for. So to just get an update, like, okay, we have $50 million worth of parks in need and we got $20 this month. So that way we can know and go back to our constituents and say like, yes, I know that this park is in need, but we don't have the funding yet. Like we're on the list, we know, um, but the money's just not there yet. That would help us to be able to clarify to people. Do you have any other commissioners who would like to speak on this item? Commissioner McCarchick? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I was wondering if we could, like, I know it's still in kind of like, I guess, a 
beta um, kind of stage, but I was wondering if we could get access to the dashboard. I think it'd be, it's a very fascinating tool that we've kind of integrated technology with the ability to help our parks, and I think that this is something that could be definitely added to in the future of things beyond just sports um, facilities, and I, but I think it's a, it's a phenomenal start, and I'm excited to see where this goes, um, and also just kind of for us to kind of play around with it, if that's possible, to have the link shared with us as commissioners. Sure thing. Thank you very much. It's my turn if nobody else wants to go. Okay, put the hair up. I got the questions for you, Raymond. <laughs> Let's go, equity. Okay. Uh, Kellen Barrow screen, is it 4.0? Is that the version that you 4.0, yeah. Fantastic. So uh, my guess is that that data would be updated when Kellen Barrow screen's updated? Or, you know, right. That would be like mm -hmm. the level, the, yeah. the timing of it. Mm -hmm. Okay, fantastic. Um, so getting to kind of a few more questions um, and dialing down a little bit more. The, uh, the quality of service, like what goes into that? What's the rubric? Like how do you measure? Is it like how often the garbage cans are dumped or is it like the turf only? I saw that methodology, but how often is that going to be measured? Is it on a monthly basis? Right. So this is specific to um, ball fields, right, or soccer fields. So it wouldn't be, you know, the trash cans being dumped or, 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 or emptied every day per se. It's this criteria here. And so... Right now, um, and that's something that is on our tickler of things to just figure out because we're trying to figure out how to have more live data and, um, and basically equip staff with the te technology that they need so that maybe on every six months basis they can go through this and basically do an evaluation at the different ball fields or at the parks themselves. And then um, the information just basically goes up into the cloud and can um, be recorded and uh, saved and update and have this updated on a regular basis. And so I think that's our goal is to get to that point. The quality of service, is, does that mean the quality of service we're giving the community or the, the quality of maintenance we're giving the park? Like what does quality of service mean? Um, quality of service, well. Is that what, what was the, indi what did you call it? The, uh, the third score, the quality the score. Third core, well, the third score is, um, is the quality of service. Quality of service, yeah. Excuse me, here we go. And I can tell you what I have in my notes here. Hold on. So is it like uh, based on the level that the field is, that's how much service it gets? Right. Yeah. So instead of like level of service is the level of service that we provide. So as I was mentioning, the level of service for all the fields is equivalent across the city. They do the same. Maintenance folks do the same. They practice the same level of service for all the fields. And so in, here, in this case, it's quality of service. So what is the quality of the field? Right. What's the quality of the field um, based on its on the service that that staff provide? So the ranking would indicate what is the quality of the field, and the service that it's receiving is the same. So it would always stay the same. Right. But the one thing that it does not um, indicate for is for well, how old is a field? Right. And uh, what is the deferred maintenance in the field? So obviously, if you have a park that was just built. And, uh, and, and staff is providing the same level of service across the board, then, but that, that park was just built. So obviously it's gonna have a higher quality of service um, score in general because it was just built versus a park that's been, been there, let's say for 15 years. And even though it's getting the same maintenance, obviously there's wear and tear and deterioration. So it doesn't take into account 
the, um, the age of the park and when it was last renovated. And I think that maybe kind of uh, ties in with Joe uh, was mentioning, which is basically what are other factors that we can incorporate. So that's one factor that we could incorporate, which is basically the, the age of the field and when it was last renovated or when it was built, right? Okay, and is the dashboard just sports fields right now? Right now it's just sports fields, so baseball fields and soccer fields. Okay, great. Um, what was the park with the lowest score? I can't, I, I would have to kind of look. Um, okay. Yeah. Did you find that the deferred maintenance list kind of aligned with the scores? Like, did you go back and, and look at the list of parks that are on the list and say, you know, they had really low scores? Like, was there a, a yeah. similarity yeah. there? Yeah, yeah. And then the thing that what we have with our deferred maintenance list is that there's a, um, a valuation amount for each park. So it's like, okay, at this park, it needs a million dollars worth of um, improvements or deferred maintenance, right? And so in that regard, um, it's capital improvements. And here with the quality of service, it's, um, it's, it's maintenance. So in that regard, it's slightly different, but there is some relationship. And so we haven't looked at that specifically, but we will. We can look at that, which is basically correlate the, the um, park assessment the park deferred maintenance assessment, correlate that with this um, dashboard and see if this if it's correlating. Yeah. Yeah, because my, uh, the way I envisioned this working was that you would use the equity tool and it would bring to light the parks on the deferred maintenance list that had been so aged. But if the age of the park is not an indicator, we might need to find a different way to score, you know, who's been on that list longer, or maybe add a couple points, or subtract a couple points for ones that have been in, in line. Um, what is the, the uh, funding amount for uh, the difference between a capital improvement project and like a maintenance? Is it a million dollars? Like, What is the funding amount yeah. difference between capital improvement project and a maintenance project? That what makes it a capital improvement project versus like maintenance? Right, so um, a maintenance project is regular maintenance, periodic maintenance, um, but when something breaks down, it's no longer about maintenance, it now becomes capital improvement. And so once we have to kind of create a capital improvement project, um, then, it, then it transitions from being a maintenance project to uh, a CIP project and comes into my shop, which is park planning, park development. Yeah. Which is like the same as building a new park, right? Exactly, or renovations. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, so, are there future dashboards coming besides sports fields, like levels of trees, playground, um, you know, yeah. is the garbage dump, is there a bathroom? You know, we're hearing from the constituents saying, you know, put the money where we need it, but are we going to measure equity in other ways? Right, so we are gonna look at other amenities, amenity types, and use this dashboard to basically uh, and analyze those amenities. So that's coming, that's the, the next step. Yep. Perfect. And will we add an indicator so we will know if there's like a third party or an MOU or someone else putting money into that uh, field that would indicate a higher score? Well, we have that now. Good. Uh, okay. And so um, as part of the quality of service, you know, if you have um, a volunteer group that um, is helping maintain, you get an, an extra 11 points So under the quality of service. So that's how some parks got a higher ranking in the dashboard or the highest ranking, the ones that with the highest ranking on the quality of service, um, it's, it's due to those having those arrangements. Yeah. What was the most surprising thing that you discovered when you were creating this dashboard? Well, I think, uh, as I was mentioning earlier, the fact that we provide the same level of service to all the parks, 
and it was basically um, confirmed through the dashboard. And that really, uh, when you see parts that have very high scores around the quality of service, it's because of these agreements. It's not because of um, staff maybe favoring one part of town over another, right? Everyone gets the same uh, level of service. And so that was like just reaffirming that yes, we are doing the same for every part of, the, of, of, of every community in the Sacramento is getting the same level of service as far as uh, maintenance around uh, sports fields and you know soccer fields and baseball fields. And so that was that was it was confirming. It felt good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, thank you, Raymond. Vice Chair Gaines, did you raise your hand again? Or still raised? I did. Go right ahead. Thank you. I thought of another question. Um, do you also look at? Um, I guess like the, the money that certain parks bring in. So you know, if you have like a park that is super popular and there's a lot of like picnics there and people are like paying to use that park or you have like a land park that has huge races and people are like paying these special event permits to use that or is that taken into consideration just how um, we spend the deferred maintenance money when we get it? So not in this analysis, we did not take that into consideration. Oh, I just mean in general. In general. No, I'm just wondering. Right. So I don't know, I'm going to pass this over to Jackie. Maybe she has a better understanding of this. Yeah, so do we take into consideration parks that are um, income generators? Thank you. Um, well, yes, somewhat we do. We have um, fees that are specific for some of the high-use parks where there may be an increased fee um, to host a special event at those parks that may require an additional investment or maintenance, say, Foreland Park, for example. If they host regular races, there's more wear and tear on that park space than... Um, we're, we're requesting higher fees in order to make that investment back in those spaces. But generally, our fees are very low. Um, our fees to utilize our parks are not necessarily a barrier to their use. So we don't really um, rely on that revenue to invest it back into the spaces. Commissioner Boone. Thank you, Chair. I just wanted to make a comment, and I know the director said this um, about the equity around the special agreements and the MOUs. So my comment would be that when we're entering into these MOUs or these um, special agreements, we consider uh, diverting some of that, those resources of that funding to the underserved areas. Um, if these volunteer groups or sports groups are willing to make that commitment to one region or a park, I would imagine that they'd be willing to assess or assist another area, um, even if it's just 10% of that time or 10% of that funding or whatever that looks like. So. Um, just a comment and maybe a consideration for the future um, when we decide that we want to do special agreements. Thank you, um, and I agree with you. Um, it's one of the challenges we're dealing with right now. Again, doing some preliminary assessments of what those agreements look like right now. Um, we often have many of our user groups that are um, um, doing their own maintenance, and 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 we aren't even aware <laughs> of it. So, uh, really, really, and, and they're they're making those investments because they want that above and beyond standard, right? Our team does an incredible job of maintaining that standard level of service with the very limited resources that we have available. So these groups um, want to see that above and beyond standard for play, you know, for their youth, and so. Um, Many of these organizations have the ability to make those investments, but some of our more underserved communities do not. So that's absolute priority for us, and it's something we're working on as a report back for our commission, um, particularly based on some of the comments we received last commission meeting around lighting and equitable access to lighted, not just sports fields, but futsal courts, 
addressing the issue around football fields. And so just having a clear understanding of what our actual inventory looks like and where the priorities and needs are. So I appreciate that comment. Thank you. Our check. In, in terms of like community partnerships with um, like volunteerism at parks, I think kind of going off what um, Commissioner Flores did with um, new tech, it's like, are we looking into like school partnerships? Because a lot of the times there's a lot of parks near the schools in the city, whether it's like, I know like my school, Kit Carson, like East Portal Park is like kitty corner, it's like right there. And certain things where the students may like go over there after school or certain things that we can really kind of put, have them have a little bit more of a, a stake in a way. And I think it's, it would be, I mean, the, the, we're youth, we have plenty of youth, like we have energy. And I think that kind of using that and harnessing that could be a very powerful force and maybe boost up some of those equity scores. Absolutely. Um, and actually based on some comments that we received, um, some really wonderful ideas from our chair and vice chair um, in a meeting that we had recently around our volunteer program that we have in parks. We have a volunteer program that exists. We have almost 240 parks, but we have one volunteer coordinator and our, our park maintenance manager that help to coordinate these volunteer efforts. Um, and they do a wonderful job. Many of you know Esteban or Steve, who, who supports tree plantings and all, his, all of these volunteer efforts, but he's one person. Um, and again, with very limited resources. But we are working on developing that volunteer um, program as we take on additional um, amenities, not just our fields, our McKinley Rose Garden, for example, that relies heavily on a volunteer base, right? Um, so, so we are working on developing that program um, so that rather than just responding to volunteer requests or tree plantings and sending Steve all over 240 parks and our, our limited resource to provide that support, um, creating these opportunities and developing a more robust um, you know, access or system of volunteers and then making those connections with our youth. You know, um, we have really dedicated um, the Rose Garden, I'll use this as another example, people committed you know, um, many of our garden groups that want to make these investments in the Rose Garden. But we have several young people that would really love to get out and learn how to do that sort of thing in, in, our, um, in the spirit of volunteerism. And so we're really looking to um, hone into that a little bit more. And um, we'll certainly rely on the support of this commission as we work through those efforts and building those connections and relationships um, to get some other volunteers into our spaces and then help guide, um, um, like you talked about, Commissioner, um, or redirect some of those resources if we're building those volunteer groups to the areas that need them the most. So that's something we are also working on, um, the team is actively working on right now. Very exciting. Yeah, thank you. Commissioner Boone. <laughs> Wonderful, thank you. Raymond, if it's census tract uh, data that determines how many children are in a, I don't know, if it's like a mile distance within a park or however you're dis determining the child density, how do regional parks fit into that? Something like Bill Conlin or Granite or a sports field that is intended for travel, like for people in the whole region to come and use? Like, is that a, a factor? Hmm. Um, I mean, the, the child density uh, gives you um, an indicator of basically within a particular kind of uh, radius around a park, what's the level of, of the density of children, right? So um, although a regional park is for everyone in the city, it would give you an, indi an indicator of what's the density around that park, right? Um, so... 
so yes, you're right. So a regional park serves the whole city, not just the neighborhood. Uh, so we kind of have to think, think that through. I have to kind of think that a little bit. Yeah. Like, what are the implications of that? Yeah. Yeah, you know, because I'm just thinking specifically of like Granite Regional um, and how they have a partnership with um, SAC United, right, to put money into the fields and a really high pollution rate and maybe not a lot of density because of the uh, adjacent, like, factory and industrial, empty yeah. space, industrial area, right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how, do, how are we making sure that they're being prioritized um, and not forgotten because they do have someone putting money in the field, but they don't have anyone putting money in the dog park? Oh, I right? see what you're saying. Well, then, um, I see what you're saying now. So, so yes, yeah, so, you know, that's why we, we used, because if you go back to um, just our criteria for um, trying to... <clears throat> I mean, part of this is just having an understanding of, as we're prioritizing funding, it's basically looking at those neighborhoods that have the highest need, but uh, not just um, parks that have the highest need, but neighborhoods, but then also prioritizing parks where they have the most impact and serve the greatest number of people. And so I think we'll have to kind of look at that because regional parks are for the whole region, but then also, um, you know, taking into account that if a park is adjacent to high density youth, population, then it also scores well, right? But I'll, I'll look at that a little bit more and basically um, think about what is the policy call there. It's like what, what could, could be the policy that addresses something like a granite regional park that is around an industrial area but, but does serve a lot of people, right? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do any other commissioners have anything to say? Any more questions? Well, thank you so much for answering all of our questions for the wonderful presentation. I'm very excited to get in there and play around and use it and uh, to grade all of my parks. I can't yeah, wait yes. to see what I'll my field will I'll send up the link. That would be wonderful. Thank you, Raymond. Thank you. Um, I would encourage all of our commissioners, <clears throat> as you heard, that the level of service is the same for all those parks. So take that information back to your council member, whoever's appointed you, and say, this is why we need more money for the general fund for our parks so that we can bring them all up to the same level so that when they're experiencing all that same level of service, as Commissioner Liu pointed out, that maybe they start to look the same, right? Okay, wonderful. So this one is informational, no vote is needed, we'll move on. Item number seven is 916 day. This one is me. Um, if you're new to the commission, 916 Day is a yearly Sacramento event uh, to put pride in volunteerism for the city of Sacramento and its residents and community members um, to volunteer. And so it's coming up. It's in September. We do ask that each district put on their own event in at least one park that you um, communicate with your neighborhood associations and your community groups and figure out how do they want to celebrate 916 what's important in 916 Day to them. We're gonna have a standing agenda item for the rest of the year for 916 Day. Um, last year, as commissioners, in trying to plan an event across um, Brown Act uh, concerns where we don't wanna all email each other and plan some events, there was a lot of nervousness. So 
This is our open public forum so that we can all discuss it, have a check-in, ask what you're doing, ask questions, and to invite the public to come in and comment on this item and tell us, hey, we want to partner with you. Hey, we want to provide something for you. Hey, we want to volunteer. What can we do? And hey, we want our park to get some 916-day attention as well. Um, do we have any members of the public who would like to speak on 916-day? Thank you, Chair. I do not have any hands raised for this item. Thank you. Fantastic. Uh, any commissioners? I see like a maybe over there. Going once. Going twice. Seeing none. All right. Um, we will. This is informational as well. No vote needed. We'll move on to uh, the YPCE director's oral report and highlights for February 2023. Thank you, Chair. <clears throat> well, welcome back in person. <laughs> this is a new spot for me to be in, and many of you as well. So, um, and it is getting late. So I will keep my director's updates. Um, high level and I won't burden my team with bringing them all up to the podium and I'll share the updates on their behalf today. So um, a couple of uh, recruitments, seasonal recruitments, many of you know we've been sharing information during our monthly meetings and to share with the community here as well. Um, we have several recruitments open right now, primarily for summer and seasonal hiring. Our landscape and learning youth aid recruitment is currently open. Um, it actually opened today and it closes on March 31st at 4 p.m. That is for youth ages 14 to 17 who reside in the Sacramento city limits. Um, they are eligible to apply for this paid work experience program. And youth aides would work Monday through Friday from 8 to 2.30 p.m. during the summer um, and would make $15.50 an hour. Our aquatic section is also actively recruiting staff to work at one of our 17 facilities citywide. We are taking applications for several positions. That includes lifeguard, senior lifeguard, assistant pool manager, pool manager, and cashier. Um, with that, we're offering lifeguard training scholarships where participants can get certified through the American Red Cross Lifeguard Training Course for free. It's the requirement to become a lifeguard with the city. And we also offer prerequisite lifeguard skills workshops for participants who are interested in taking a lifeguard training class um, where they can get prepared for that class, um, understand what the prerequisites are, that is also free to participate and really sets up the participants for success as they move into the lifeguard training program. New this year as an innovative way or strategic way to address some of our hiring issues that we've been experiencing, we lowered the lifeguard um, recruitment age from 16 to 15 years old. That is the requirement through the Red Cross to be certified. So as of this summer, we are hiring 15-year-old lifeguards. So please share that information. And we do have many of our aquatic staff and other program staff out at schools doing recruitments um, at several events. Um, but we're happy to continue sharing if you have um, a way for us to do that. <clears throat> our aquatics permitting and events and park maintenance team are also actively recruiting for utility workers, another very, very challenging position for us to find, but a really fun job um, for the summer season. This is for individuals who are interested in providing maintenance support at any of our pools, out in our parks, and for a variety of special events with our permitting team. Camp Sacramento is accepting applications for various camp positions. That includes camp aid recreation leader, hosts, caretakers, program directors, chefs, and assistant chefs. You get to live at camp. You get a daily 
a daily stipend and um, free room and board. So we would love to have anyone inter interested come and join us at camp. You can get information on all of our recruitments, uh, opportunities that are available online at cityofsacramento.org under employment. Um, and we are also happy to share any specific flyers that you may be interested in um, bringing to events or sharing with any other resources that you have um, available to you. Summer at City Hall applications open this Friday, March 4th, and close on April 21st. The Summer at City Hall program runs from June 19th to July 28th, 8th, with a graduation on August 1st. Um, applicants for Summer at City Hall must currently be in 9th through 11th grades, and participants will earn a $500 stipend when they successfully complete that program as well. And moving on to a couple of exciting events and program updates. Um, with the storms that kicked off our new year, surprise, we're having a mulch giveaway event. <laughs> That's actually two of these on Saturday, March 18th and March 25th at South Village Green at William Land Park. The event will be held both days, 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. And I think our chair would be happy to hear that we'll also have large tree trunk sections available uh, for woodworkers and for education. And staff will be on hand to help load those if, they, if they're needed. We are also inviting youth ages 13 to 24 to our annual Youth Resources and Employment Fair. This is a great opportunity for our young people to connect and collaborate with their peers and any potential employers. A wide range of resources will be available, such as seasonal employment opportunities, stipend-based programs, various trade industries, higher education, and public sector career information. The first 200 youth that attend will receive a free swag bag and a food truck lunch voucher for free lunch that day. Um, and we'll also have additional raffles uh, that will be available to registered attendees throughout the day. That's going to be held on March, Saturday, March 25th, right here at City Hall from 10 a.m. until 1.30 p.m. Our community centers are hosting several events all across the city. We have multiple hot spots happening in the month of March and many spring events. One of those is a glow-in-the-dark egg hunt at Coloma Community Center on March 23rd from 5.30 to 7.30. We will also be hosting a multi-generational egg hunt, so all ages, adults are welcome to participate. This is on Friday, April 7th from 6 to 9 at the Sacramento Softball Complex, so that'll be a really fun new event that our department is, is putting on. On April 8th, at both Pinnell Community Center and North Natomas Community Center, we'll be hosting a summer kickoff that will highlight and give a sneak preview of all of the programs offered by our department um, upcoming this summer. Our older adult services section, I think I shared this last month, but we are looking for volunteers to help with our 16th annual Sports for Life two-day soccer tournament. It's a tournament we host um, every April for Athletes ages 50 years of age. We have some 90 years of age that participate in this um, soccer tournament and over 700 participants total that typically come. We need volunteers to help us coordinate that event. Um, so if you're interested, please reach out and I'll connect you with the appropriate staff. And speaking of our older adults, um, we do have AARP tax assistance appointments available at the Hart Senior Center to assist our senior community with their taxes if they need that support, in addition to the many other wonderful programs that our older adults can find at Hart Senior Center and across our community centers. 
Um, and I do want to give an extra shout out um, Raymond Costantino and his team, as well as um, Danielle Luther from our park safety team presented last week at the California Parks and Recreation Society's Park Forum. Uh, so it was really exciting. I wasn't able to attend, but I heard from several colleagues from other organizations all across our region that were able to participate and hear the incredible work that our department is doing. Raymond and his team with the Equity Lens Dashboard that you heard about tonight. Again, still a work in progress, but really groundbreaking, and it's going to do some really wonderful things for us moving forward. And then Danielle Luther on um, addressing homelessness in our, in our parks and um, a strategic and collaborative approach um, to that process. So... Really proud of our team for getting out there and and um, you know and and just showing showcasing how Ypsi is 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 really bringing it. <laughs> We're doing a really wonderful job. So thank you to the team for all of your work. This is a really high level update, um, but I do enc encourage you all to explore our latest offerings and our in our Come Out and Play catalog. It's updated every two weeks. It's accessible online, and that can be found at cityofsacramento.org/ypce. And you can find all of the information about what I just gave you an update on, as well as many other things that our department has been up to lately. Thank you so much. Thank you, Director. Do we have any members of the public who would wish to speak on this item? Yes, thank you, Chair. I do have one member um, of the public with their hand raised in Zoom. Mr. Davis, I'm going to give you the ability to speak. Yes, this is a, a person, this is Lambert. This is a person who who has uh, literally grown up in Sacramento, Del Paso Heights, actually. Actually, my parents moved here in 1946. So as a young person growing up there, Hagenwood Park was very vibrant. Uh, our parents and grandparents wouldn't allow to happen what's happening now, where people can say, well, other groups... Uh, they want more for their children, and so they they volunteer or they put money into maintenance. See, so when I hear that type of talk, that's institutionalized and systemic racism because otherwise it should be put into Hagenwood Community Center. I've heard of every community center except Hagenwood. And if you go by and look at Hagenwood, all it needs is is some maintenance. It's a great park. And at the same time, one of the biggest, to me, scandals is Del Paso Heights teenagers have nowhere to go swim. And there's a pool there. It's called the Grand High School Pool. That needs to be investigated on why they can't swim there. Because when we were growing up, that was the spot. You could go swimming there. Who in the world wants to walk around Sacramento in 114 degrees and can't go swimming? That wouldn't happen in any other district but District 2. That needs to be challenged, and it will be challenged, because we didn't like how we saw that last summer, and that was one of the hottest summers in Sacramento history. And the youth were just walking around. So whoever the lady was that just spoke, let's find out why Grand High School pool is not open in the summer. Thank you for your comment. Year. Your time is now complete. Sure, I have no other speakers with their hands raised for this item. Thank you. 
Thank you, Clerk, and thank you, sir, for your continued participation in our parks meetings and for sharing all of your experiences and for putting us to the task of going out and checking out Hagenwood. Which commissioner is Hagenwood? All right, Gordon Liu. You got your work cut out for you, buddy. Okay. Um, do we have any commissioners who would like to speak on this item? Fantastic. I know we're getting late into the evening. Um, the next item is member comments, ideas, questions, and meeting conference report. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? I see Vice Chair Gaines going for it. Vice Chair Gaines, go right ahead. Excellent, thank you. So I did want to um, just let you guys know about an amazing um, event that I just participated in at Pinnell um, Community Center. It was through the um, Primetime Teen Program uh, with Ken McCulloch and Yur Lee leading the way. It was their partnership with Golden One and it was the Budget Youth Challenge. So have any of you guys participated in this before? Okay. Let me tell you guys, it was the coolest thing that I have ever done. Um, so I was invited, obviously, as the commissioner from that area to participate. Um, so they had volunteers. And so the youth from Primetime Teen, they bust some of the kids over, um, and then some of them meet at um, Pinnell. And they come in. They're given a card that has, like, you know, this is your career, this is how much you make. If, you're, if you have a life partner, here's how much they make in their career, and if you have kids. And so they had that on their sheet, and then they, and it was totally random, and then they would have to go to different stations and decide how they were gonna spend their money and really learning about budgeting. And you had to end up with $50 left to open a bank account at the end. And so just hearing the youth try to make these different decisions, hearing them say, wow, these kids are expensive. Yes, they are, um, you know, and and just kind of seeing what that looks like. Um, I was in charge of the cars, and I asked the person from Golden One, I was like, am I teaching the kids about being responsible, or am I supposed to be bankrupting them? Huh. And she said it was up to me how I wanted to do it. So if I saw on their thing they were rich, I was pushing them towards a sports car. Um, if they said they wanted the bus pass because they were trying to be – frugal and I said do you ride the bus now and they said no then I'm like I'm not selling you that because you're lying like you're not going to ride the bus as an adult if you don't do it now um so it was great I only had one person who had to bring their car back because I pushed them into one I charged them an extra hundred dollars because you don't get your full money back <laughs> if you have to sell your car back to the to the lot so tons of fun getting to work with the youth getting to work with the staff um as I said Ken and you're leading the way with that program uh it was really great so I just really encourage you all when you um Oftentimes, especially for my new commissioners, it's like, okay, we have this meeting once a month, but what else? What does this look like? And when the staff reach out to you about volunteering at these programs, I definitely encourage you to participate, um, getting to meet your constituents. And like I told them, I was like, please call me every time, even in different districts, because I just had the best time doing that. Um, also, as uh, Director Beecham mentioned the recruitment for um, landscape and learning is happening, and they also always need volunteers um, to interview the kids because one of the great things about this program is it's not just you know youth jobs but every youth gets interviewed which means they need a lot of help so when that call comes out I really encourage you to participate um, in that I haven't been able to do it in person I was only able to do it in zoom during COVID um, but just getting to meet those kids there will be kids from your district there who you will have the chance to enter or I guess I should say you guys can see I'm like keep saying little baby children you know <laughs> um, but you'll be able to do that and really get involved so I just really encourage you guys to 
to take the opportunity when those requests come for volunteers to, to really participate and get out there. But yes, bravo to the primetime team program. Best time. Our check. So being being a, the first kind of youth commissioner in in or like the first youth representative on this commission I've kind of been figuring out my way of like what it means to be actually like in this role um and this meeting kind of sparked a little idea that I have um that to some sort of like make maybe some sort of like easy to understand like volunteer packet or like booklet for schools um, around the area that because it's like senior at least in S, like in at least in Sac City it's like students need service hours um, to be able to either graduate or certain certain requirements and what better way to kind of like like almost like bait them into helping us out it's like hey you need this we have we have volunteer we have volunteer work that needs to be done um, but also to but create some sort of way it's like where there can just be these easy ways for students to realize these are these there are these perfect opportunities to help around your city it's like if you see something that maybe it's like oh like i really wish i could go to the park but it's like a little iffy well you can do something about that and kind of being able to do and i'd like love to help work on that um to create something where we can make it a very easy process for students and administrators and like schools to be able to help help us out Fantastic we'll idea, Commissioner McCartick. It's got me. <laughs> All right, you heard it here. Um, Commissioner Flores. <clears throat> thank you, Chair. Uh, I want to also recognize staff. Sean, thanks for taking emails. Uh, I get emails from constituents all the time, and then I send it <laughs> Sean's way, and I know Shannon just stepped up for a second, and I know I sent a couple of emails her way, so I, I always want to recognize staff. And then also want to recognize, like, uh, with the exception of Commissioner Rita Good, uh, you know, the last time we were in this chambers for a in-person council uh, parks commission meeting was March 2020, and that night too we had a very emotional park element naming. Uh, but the faces are very different, and I, and I acknowledge that and recognize that. But I'm also excited that there are there are indeed new faces here uh, to serve the city, and and all the for the new commissioners. You know, tonight is your first night here inside council chambers and you know and some of the um, you know um, the other other commissioners too it's also your first night in this room we've literally had two chairs who didn't even serve at that seat that's how long we have not been here but uh, um, tonight was a spectrum of emotions uh, we saw the volunteer recognition programs and the power of the thank you right and the emotionality of uh, the emotion that though the one gentleman had uh, uh, and being able to share that with his family and peers. And then we had a very emotional park naming tonight too. Um, and that is literally the first <laughs> uh, thing that's the powers and duties of this commission is making that recommendation to council. And, and we got to do a lot tonight and I'm glad that this is your first meeting here and got to experience what it is to mean to be a commissioner, at least at you know on the Thursday nights that we do gather here tonight. and. Um, that some of my former commissioners, you know, that's three years, we, we already saw some terms end in that time frame. So I just want to, I know I felt the emotions too tonight. Um, 
uh, like Commissioner Robbins, like how you said earlier tonight, you know, you were the literal first person to receive this certificate. And I remember your video going viral because I mentioned your video went viral because that was the whole point of uh, spurring volunteerism. He went out there and removed some graffiti off of one of his park signs. And me and then Commissioner Guerrero says, we got to do something. And then we went to the city attorney's office and it's like, it's in the powers and duties to promote volunteerism if we think volunteerism. And you saw, you know, some of those students, like you said, at New Tech High School, and uh, I know you're a unique youth, but, you know, this is probably one of the only times that they do even come to City Hall. And it's in a positive way. And there's, you know, uh, so that's, you know, that's part of being a commissioner. Um, I can pontificate longer, but I won't, so, and it's already late, so, but I just wanted to recognize it's been a long three years, uh, but we're, we're, we're back, and thank you to staff who have been here on this journey as well, so thank you. Commissioner, for cutting short your pontificating. You don't have to. We all need to hear it, and we, and we love to um, share that with you. Thank you very much. Commissioner Ford? Um, I know I like these little details of like the chocolate and the mint might seem like not that big of a deal, but it is. So just thank you and thank you for staying late. I know we all have families, but it probably was a very long day for you all. Um, and uh, the other items I just want to kind of share are that um, in District 1, we're going to be hosting uh, a kite day. I'm going to be a judge. Um, it's going to be uh, hosted at Blackbird Park on March 18th from 9 to 1. Um, MP3 is going to be holding um, kite workshops, so, um, you know, share it around, come by. Um, we're also starting to kick off um, a food mania food truck um, starting March 15th, uh, once a month, I think, at the end of the week. Um, but more to share, so come by and have some good food. Build community. There's going to be uh, music, a lot of food, and a lot of community sharing. Um, lastly, just one idea that I want to throw out um, is just, I, I know obviously this is the Parks Commission, but I really want to start talking about initiatives on the community enrichment side and how we can uh, combine both, you know, efforts and initiatives. I'm particularly interested in expanding programming, specifically for summer school programs. Um, a lot of families don't have childcare during the summer, and um, I think it's essential uh, to look into what camp looks like, what other extracurricular activities uh, can be supported by the community enrichment side, and, and collaborating with other commissions, right, that also look into um, programming for community. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you, Commissioner. <clears throat> Any other commissioners wish to speak on this item? All right. I do have a couple things just really quickly. Uh, March 18th, we are doing a tree planting at Granite Regional Park. It's a Saturday morning, and along the lines of Commissioner McCarchek's, <clears throat> you know, let's get our youth involved because they need these hours, I would like to recognize in the audience Farah Avender, who recruited multiple high schools worth of students to plant at Marriott uh, Park tree planting last weekend and put out a very interesting flyer today on social media, not interesting, fantastic, that said, the tagline was, um, want to get your community, want to grow community? Do you need community service hours? Let's grow community, right? So she's throwing it out there. She's 
wrangling in uh, these students um, who showed up maybe 30 strong at Marriott Park last week. So I want to commend you for um, bringing together our students and our youth. And I want you to work here with Commissioner McCarchuk. You two can get together and make a packet, right? Fair knows how to do it. And you know who needs to read it. And Director Beecham is going to make it simple and easy for everyone to use, right? Okay, there's one big idea. You got it right there. So please come and join us on March 18th, um, where we'll be tree planting at Granite Regional in the soccer field in the back. Um, I'm very excited about Mulch Madness. Please share that out. And please share out all this programming. So if you haven't, um, ex and, and, uh, if you have the opportunity to volunteer with Primetime Teen and do interviews or whatnot, please also share that information with your council member. Share it on your social media. Share it with your neighborhood associations so that you can liaise and be that connection with the community so they know about the programming, they can use the programming. It's really easy to tag at YPCE right, Parks and Community Enrichment Division. Um, so please do that. I want to see you guys sharing uh, these really great and easy ways to share on Instagram, Facebook. Are you anywhere else? That's it for now. All right. <laughs> you heard it. Instagram and Facebook. Let's do it. Um, oh, one more reminder is that we had that wonderful parks um, plan for the future where we were asked, do we want to add resiliency? And I said, why don't we come back to our communities and then you can come back to us later and we'll tell you what our community said. So just a reminder to all of you to please go back to the presentation. It is on the, um, the agenda. You can see the minutes on the city's website and you can share that with your constituents and make sure that you are gathering that information so we can invite uh, Noe and Cindy and, and Brianna back to talk about that. The last item is public comments. Matters not on the agenda. Do we have any members of the public who wish to speak? Yes, thank you, Chair. I do have one hand raised in Zoom. Mr. Davis? Yes, I, I would like to end by saying I'm, in, I'm inspired by the youth that are part of this youth commission, uh, this uh, YPSI. It's going to take the youth. I'll give you an example, and I do want to make sure that I emphasize this again. The Lowriders Association, I would appreciate it if you would contact us because I have a vision of cheesecakes and the uh, Lowriders Association. Again, my direct number is 916-370-9211. But I did want to say that during the Super Bowl and Valentine's, a group of millennials of course, some of my family members and their friends, I'm a baby boomer. So I learned from them how to go viral, and they did it. They did a word-of-mouth link to our site, and it blew up in the Bay Area. And so shout-out to the millennials who are big supporters of ours, and uh, we're going to do some big things in Del Paso Heights because that's where I'm from. And I, I have a lot of love for that area. And by the way, those of you who really care, District 2 is the only district in the city that has over 20 communities. And what that means is when money comes into a community or a district, it's split. And so the more you have, the less money you can get to your communities. That's called gerrymandering. So make sure you young people understand what gerrymandering means because it's a very cruel practice. It's a very cruel practice. So thank you. Thank you for your comment. 
Chair, I do not have any other speakers with their hands raised for this item. Thank you, Clerk, and thank you to everyone for being here tonight. That was our last um, part of our agenda this evening. Thank you all for being here. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for being um, late into your evening. I hope that we all take with us the inspiration of former Chair Lavelle and his legacy of how many trees he planted, the inspirational words of Commissioner Flores, and I want you to think about what, were, what will your legacy be here on this Parks Commission, right? Take that with you tonight. This meeting is adjourned. Are we clapping for each other? Oh, clap. Yay!